Welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. Today, I have a very, very special guest. It's my first time meeting him, actually, too. Uh, Mr. Brandon Novak. I said your name correct, right? You did. Thank right you on. thank you for being here, man. I'm really excited We've to be We've been talking here. through we the gram. I'm sure we have mutual friends in real life. and We have. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of you and your work and this podcast. So, thank you, man. Uh, when you asked me to come on, I was, I was like really honored. Well, thank you. I'm honored to have you, the man. The caliber of people you have on here, you set the bar high. So I, Thank I, you, man. Wow. You, you made me feel good about myself to be Thank invited. you, man. I appreciate you. And, and my brother from another mother, Mr. Derek Green. What's up? The man with the voice and the face for Thank radio. Thank you very much. The voice and the face for radio. <laughs> You're very, very kind. Yeah, um, that was, yeah. What? No, no. You just say okay. that insult all the time. No, but no, because when you say of... of we say have a face for radio. It. That means most people are ugly. But I get it. But you're handsome. Oh, all right. The, muspe- the mustache is a little bit suspect, though. The mustache um. is, is, <laughs> is a COVID stash. It's all good. Um, so I'm new to this equation. This is where I remain Switzerland. I'm not right. saying a word. I don't know <laughs> you right. well enough. <laughs> it's all right, Brandon. <laughs> well, welcome. Welcome here. So yes. we're going to get to know we're gonna each get other into your, We're yeah. going to get into your life because you've been through so much. I did a really deep dive on you. Um you're a survivor. It's amazing to have you here. You've been through so much stuff. Um, but it started out, you were born in Baltimore? Yeah, born and raised in Baltimore City. Um, you know, grew up skateboarding. Skateboarding raised me. Uh, me too. Came from a, a single family home. I, my father was around just enough to, to let me know that he wasn't around. Mm. Uh, you know, kind of taught me one thing, if and when I go to prison, how to conduct myself. Wow. He's like ran wow. with the Hells Angels. One of those kind of dudes. Right. Wow. Like, how long was he involved in the picture? Like, um, still- That's the thing. No, he, uh, he acquired uh, the liking to the taste of crack cocaine, and, mm. and he surcame to his addiction. Okay. Um, but he was, you know, that's the crazy thing about love, and I get it. Um, my mother loved him emphatically and and like i remember you know he was he was a ladies man everybody loved him except for his own family you know yeah, um, right. and, and and he uh I, I would come home from work and those or from skating as, as a young kid and those two would be going at it and we'd be packing our stuff up and and, and running out of the house or moving out of the house in the middle wow. of the night um I would go out skating, and I remember it vividly. It's definitely a traumatic experience, which I didn't know then, but I see totally. now the results of it. And and I would come home from skating with like Bucky Lasik and all those dudes. And now how old are you? Maybe right. like 10, 9. Wow. Okay, really eight, young. 8, 9, 10, yeah. Super young. Running yeah. with the bigger dudes, and I would come home, and, and he, this is literally after we would like sell the house and run from him, right? Wow. Jesus. And then we would come home, and, and my mother would let him back in and he'd be in the kitchen making dinner like nothing had ever happened. Wow, man. You know, so that like really, it, it, it uh, yeah, it pushed my buttons to say the least. Yeah, brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, super successful brother. He's like an attorney in the White House who practices pensions and benefits. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, that's the deal. So I come from a, like <laughs> a pretty successful family in, in their own right. My, my yeah. mother's a nuclear physicist. Wow. Uh, was shit. on the board. Uh, my brother's an attorney in the White House, and and uh, my father died to his disease of addiction. So, like, yeah. it, it's it's ironic that that we all kind of assumed the same trait, myself included, later on down the line, is, is that like, despite any and all adverse consequences that came our way, we did what we wanted. We did what we had to do to get what we wanted to get. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Did you have like a normal kind of upbringing? Was it like? Even though with your dad in and out of the picture, it was like a strict family, guys, religious family? Or? Nah, it was it, it was a pretty laid back family. My mother 
got a, a, her very first job at Mercy Hospital as a phlebotomist, drawing blood for five dollars a piece uh, at the age of fifteen years a old. Phlebotomist, yeah, I heard person that. who draws blood. Person. Yeah, okay. I haven't heard that before. Never wow. heard that term. Yeah, yeah, totally. And she would, um, you know, just draw blood. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Wow. Which, ironically, later on in life, that's kind of what I became. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> For a different reason. <laughs> um, how, how were how you in school and stuff? Uh, school was just whatever. You know, I, skateboarding was my thing. Yeah. You know, like like I, I always say that, that, that God blessed me with the ability to find what I was truly happy doing. Yeah. You, know, you could be the best ping pong player in the world, but God might not see fit to put a paddle on your hand. It's true. At the age of seven, when my mother gave me that first skateboard, she was putting me to bed and she said, Brandon, what do you want me to do with your skateboard? And I said, I, I want it in bed with me. She said, why? And I said, because if I die, I want it to go with me. And I, I meant it. Wow, I remember saying, wow. I remember that like, like I'm touching this table. Yeah. You remember what the board, what board it was? No. You know, I do remember how I got it though. <laughs> I was in Ocean City, Maryland. Cause my, my sister would live down there through the summer. My yeah. sister and my brother and my mom would stay home working and she'd kind of try to keep me out of the house because when my father would come around, you know, his behavior was pretty erratic and sporadic to say the least. Yeah. Um, she would just send me off with them and, and my, there's, there's a skate park on third street in Ocean City, like the bowl and the vert ramp. Yeah. And my sister took me there one day and, and I didn't recognize it then, but I do now that I wasn't like into skating, didn't really know anything about it, but there was a pro there and, and he gave me his skateboard wow. and, and he clearly wanted to fuck my sister or was fucking my sister. <laughs> <laughs> like I wasn't like a little kid, like I need a board. He just, yeah. He's like, here you go. Son. <laughs> and do you remember what pro that was? No, it, dri- Damn, dude, it drives me crazy to this day. Fuck. And my sister does not either. Are you are you the youngest? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. your sister's in the middle. Yes. Okay. And then my brother. brother. The but my sister and my brother are by a different man. Okay. okay. I'm the only one by my father. Uh, so I see. believe my addiction and alcoholism was genetically predisposed because mm. my father was and his father was. I see. My brother, my sister, my mother—they could take it or leave it. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So. We, we, you weren't partying at a young age. Were you in school and stuff like that? No, nah, no. Nah. Like literally my mother would take me to the hospital. She would go to work at like five in the morning and, and she would take me and uh, I would skate in the parking garage all day <laughs> until she got off at like wow. 5 p.m. Um, so, and, and then I like, when I started to kind of develop a, a style and, yeah. and people started to recognize me, then like the older dudes would pick me up and take me skating with them. And, and I, I, I wasn't the kind of kid who had the, the upbringing of like come in when the street lights go on yeah call me with with the address that you're at mm-hmm. you know and and then my skateboarding career kind of developed so from the outsider's perspective i, I was pretty good at what i did so police people believed in what i was doing okay. yeah people yeah. weren't questioning my whereabouts well, you, 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 got, you went sp- you got sponsored at 14 yeah yeah Damn. yeah well I, at 14 i was the uh the, the first skateboarder ever, it was before like Gatorade starting endorsing like okay. extreme sports and, and, and skateboarding. Uh, at 14, I was the first skateboarder ever to be endorsed by Gatorade. Holy shit. Before it was like a thing. That's fucking amazing. Um, are, you, are you a street skater or ramp or everything? I like transition. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm a tranny kind of yeah. guy. Um, Did you ever skate Mountain Trash more? No, or was that too? I, that was like right before my yeah, time. Yeah, to go there. or Cedar Crest. I, yeah, Cedar Crest. I've skated, but not <sighs> like sessioned. I just no, it's a scary place. I was like really young at that yes, point. Yes, it's all metal. 
Yeah. Gigantic ramp with, with pool coping. Wow. I see Fred Smith always do skating. It was it's a gnarly ramp. Dude, it's intimidating. It's scary. It really is. So you just skating? Did you did you, did you have other friends who were skaters? You kind of like the so, yeah. So so the 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 person that literally you know kind of showed me the way and and took me under his wing was was Bucky Lasik. Okay. He's from Baltimore as well. I didn't know that. Okay. And, and I am. And, uh, you know, he's the guy that, that I, I emulated. You know, okay. I, 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 style is everything in skateboarding. Totally. You know, you, you could do every trick in the world right. and your style is shit and no one cares. <laughs> it's, so it's like, all right, let's hurry up. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's so true. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame. Mm-hmm. You know, several names come to mind when I, and I'm like, dude, if, if only they had a great style. Yeah. But it's, it's so true. So, so you started skating while you were in high school? Yeah, no, way before high school. Way I was before skating high school. in uh, elementary school. Oh, yeah, that's right, school. elementary. And so, uh, did you realize at a certain young age that you wanted to be a professional skateboarder? Yeah, that, that was your dream. Immediately, your focus? okay. I'm literally the night that mother put me, my mother put me to bed oh, with that wow. board. Wow. I, I knew that I was going to be a professional skateboarder. Huh. There was no reason for like a plan B, a trait, an Damn. option. Like, you know, just like my mother and my brother and my sister. Despite any and all adverse consequences that came my way, I knew what I had to do to get what I wanted to get. Yeah. And I was willing to do it. You know, that totally focused, man. Which which later on played a pretty significant role in my addiction and alcoholism. Like I'm not like a halfway in kind of guy. There's no moderation in my story. Mm-hmm. You know. You fall in, fall on for skateboarding. Yeah, like either we do it or we don't. You have my interest or you don't. Mm-hmm. And did that did that affect your grades and stuff? Did you graduate? No, not high school. Um, high school I was expelled. Because that's when drugs totally mm. took over. In high school. In yeah. high school. B- before, so at the end of 16, 17, turning 17, I'm, I'm a full-blown heroin addict. Whoa. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Wait, oh, my God. So who introduced, was there a person a group of people, that or, yeah. introduced you to it's, at such a young age? Or? It's it's kind of uh, strange. Um, it's not strange, but so, uh, you know, I'm doing really well with, with skating. I'm, I'm coming out here. I'm sponsored by Pal Peralta. That's right. He skated for Pal. Yeah, it's fucking I, crazy. I yeah, I'm riding for Pal. Bucky had gotten me sponsored by Pal and staying at the Pal Warehouse in uh, Santa Barbara. You know, yeah. when it was I mean, out. I think about East Coast guys skating for Pal either. No. That's yeah. Cool. yeah, that's true. It was... Uh, Mike Villaley was East Coast. He had his yeah. board, but yeah. He, uh, I did many tours with him. Wow. He was... So that's like a dream. You're skating for fucking Powell. Totally. Right. Going to Tony crazy. Hawk's house, you know, like Damn. hanging there. Right. And you're um, on the team and you're fuck. out here. And- yeah. And, and everything's going great. But again, because I seem to have a method to what my plan was, mm. um, there was no like accountability, mm. right? Like mm. I didn't have to really check. I checked in with... Todd Hastings, who at the time was my team captain for okay. POW. So I'm like this 14-year-old kid in Baltimore who goes to the 7-Eleven with a pocket full of quarters to make a call to California, you know, and say, yo, yeah. Todd, which is my boss, essentially, I just learned this trick. I just filmed this. Wow. You know, man. so there's no, right. like, uh, yeah. a 9-to-5 job or right. washing dishes or waiting tables mm-hmm. where someone's like, your yeah. eyes look funny. Yeah. Right, right. You know, and was your mom supportive of that? One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, they backed it, and again because they saw that, like, a keeping out of trouble. Yeah, too. it kept me out of trouble. It kept me out of the house, and it kept me out of my dad, my dad's wrath. <laughs> so right, it was like, right. a, uh, and it babysat me, and it saved yeah. my money, my mother some money. But you went out to California like underage, obviously. Yeah, yeah, multiple times. Wow, um, and there was no adult supervision going out there with you. Well, uh, Bucky, okay, Bucky, yeah, he was like your mentor. Just talking last night, my very first concert ever was at University of Santa Barbara. I saw Public Enemy play Damn, with Flavor nice. Flav. 
good first. That's a concert. good fucking first show. Yeah, yeah, ever. And I'm like 14 years old. Wow. And, you know, that's crazy. So he came to Cali, and that's kind of where you got exposed to shit. Yeah. Well, not even exposed to shit, but but just uh, as it progressed, I just remember, you know, the older dudes who I hung with, they weren't really into drinking and drugging, but they would partake. Okay. Yeah. You know, and and it was whatever then. But as time progressed, uh, you know, again, this is just my opinion, but I believe I was genetically predisposed. So like once I acquired the taste, uh, it's not like I loved the taste of alcohol. I loved the freedom that was provided from the taste. Okay. You know, it kind of allowed me to escape reality. Yeah. And at a young age, being pretty successful at my trait comes with some responsibilities. Totally. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. There were some standards I had to live up to. Extra and I pressure had, on you, yeah. And right. I had to produce. Mm-hmm. And I had to stay relevant. Yeah. And, and and I loved it, so it wasn't like a, a job or a mission, but but at the back of my head, I loved it so much, I was terrified that like I could lose it. Yeah. Right, right. And what was your relationship at the time with your dad? Uh, I couldn't stand him. Mm. I, I could so not So there was some hate for your dad. So much, so much. Yeah. Because like my mother was the is the best woman on earth and, and yeah. she's everything to me and and i just continue to you know we'd have he had nothing so my he would use my mother's car mm. and it's ironically as fate would have it i became him later on down mm. the road and we're not there yet but yeah what, that's crazy but um you know he would he would sleep on the sofa all day wait for her to get home from work use her car to go to the corner pub at the street at the end of the street and uh you know, I remember one night my mother had to go to work in the morning and he wasn't home with the car. So she wakes me up to walk to the end of the street to this pub they hung at. And and we get there and and, and we see the car like steamed up and it's like rocking, oh, but, you know, fuck, and, and he's in like the back seat. It's with like this. a movie and shit. Totally. Shit. So it just it, it, it fueled you start resenting and hitting your dad at a young age so much. Like, I'm never going to fucking be like that. That that he I talk about that in the talks that I give is that I lived no bullshit. I live with that after school special or that cautionary tale of the man that I would never, ever, right. ever become. Yeah. You know, um, fuck, I, and man. as a matter of fact, I made it a point to accept. That every excel in everything that I did to prove that I would never be him. Mm-hmm. Uh, ironically, to become exactly like him. Yeah. It, then we kind of we went on to 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 sell drugs to each other with each other. Uh, we partied together. You and your pops. Yeah. We, Later on, holy fuck. We we shared some wow some so, times. So alcohol was the first thing you kind of tried. Yeah, yeah. And now throughout this whole time, my father, you know, was always growing a lot of herb. Um, okay. Running with the Hell's Angels, so there was a lot of unsavory fellas in and out of the house. Yeah. So I witnessed these behaviors, of which you know is why I I find myself. Uh, still in therapy today Mm -hmm. uh you know there's no reason as to why i'm single at this point (laughs) not to say in a joking matter but like what i Mm. uh what i witnessed in the sponge all the stuff that i absorbed was not healthy relationships right yeah absolutely so now it like Coming up on six years sober, I'm I'm the best that I've ever been in my life physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, except relationships. Okay, Okay. you know that's the the last part, and that my therapist is like, of course that's the last thing you're dealing with because it's the hardest thing to address. Yeah, do you feel like you didn't know, but you're kind of running away from you want you want to not prove yourself or not get have your dad say he's proud of you, but you you focus hard in skating and going to California, and you in the weird way you're saying you're trying to kind of run away from your home life. Yeah, yeah, you know because. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. When you don't know, you're not to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it was just better 
to to not know because mm-hmm. there wasn't much I could do about it. It was yeah. between my mother and my father, and she loved him, mm. and I understand it. And now I really understand it because after doing like after doing years and years of this internal work that was like required in order for me to get these external results that I've always desired, which is like this this peace and freedom. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and relinquish this bondage of self because I was just always so weighed down. Mm-hmm. What I recognize is that my father, my mother, my family, they did the very best that they could with what they had, yeah. right? So I've completely made uh, amends and, and, and at peace with my father now. Unfortunately, he's passed, but okay, wow. you know, I, 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 I had this therapist once and she said, you know, Brandon, I want you to do me a favor. And I said, what's that, Christina? She said, I want you to dig two graves. I said, for what? She said, one for you and one for all that baggage that you're carrying mm. around. And that like really hit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fucking yeah, powerful. That was like one of the things I was going to ask you. Like, were there, what were the positive things about your father that possibly like your mother saw or that you saw in him? Mm, you that's know, because a, a good question. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, because he sounds super gnarly. Like, yeah. I'm thinking Sons of Anarchy. Sons yeah. of Anarchy, all this shit. I mean, it just keeps adding on. You're like, yeah. wow, he was, you know, running this meth lab in the basement of our house. Yeah. You know? I'm like, I mean, whoa, whoa. Not too far off. Not, wow. not too far off. Okay. Um, yeah. It, it, it's where I'm at today is completely different than where I was. And, and today I recognize that everything is, is in my perspective and perception of things. Of course. Right. So yeah. if you're asking me that question today, I can give you a completely different answer. But if you're asking mm. me from back then, so you tell uh, me. Okay, so, wow, I would think. I would say back then. Yeah, back then. Yeah. Like, was there anything like, about him that you missed or like, oh, I don't like, know, so, so, like a back, good memory about yeah, your dad. Right. I took remember, me to the ball game or some shit. I remember um, I got that first skateboard and for whatever reason, he would not let me skate until I got pads. Right. Oh. And, and, and I didn't have any pads. Yeah. And, uh, I, as a skater, I wanted it now, right, like right now in a skate. Oh, right. So he allowed my sister and my brother to take me in the basement where he was, had this secret room built into the wall where he was growing wow. tons of herb. But in the basement, he allowed me to skate and he took one of those, um, you know, if you have a kid and you put him in the pool and those floaties that yeah. go here and just <laughs> shove that over my head. And that was my helmet and he let me skate. You know? Oh, is there photos of that shit? Ah, uh, no, oh. trust me, dude. With a floaty on your head? If there was. Oh, at least he fucking tried, though. Yeah. He tried to protect your head. <laughs> he bought wow. me, uh, at, at, at like, I was like eight years old. He bought me a little YZ50 dirt okay. bike and Sick. a pair of chaps. Okay. So, so all, like, the biker dudes would be in the garage cleaning their Harleys and shit. And I'm this little eight year old cleaning my little Y wow. Zinger 50 with these chaps on. Oh my God. Man. <laughs> yeah. So these are some memories. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah totally. Right. Wow. There was okay. a few. Did you ever get real pads? <laughs> uh, later on, yeah. Some rectors or totally. something. But he, dude, that was his mind frame. Like, I remember right. one time, dude, chaps. if you, if you would have, if, if my mother came home. Five minutes later on this date of this story I'm about to tell you, yeah. you'd be addressing me as Jerome. Okay. And this is why. My father's name was Jerome. Okay. His father's name was Jerome. One day, my mother comes home from work, and my father has me out on the, the back porch of this big rancher house in in the woods that we had where all the people would hang out. Yeah. And, uh, and he has me signing some papers, and I'm about to sign them. And my mother comes over, and she said, Rome, what are you doing? 
and she grabs the papers, and he had uh, papers drafted up from his attorney changing my name from Jerome, Brandon to Jerome Holy at, like, shit. the age of, like, nine. <laughs> What the <laughs> shit? At nine. That's fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> so it's like, if, oh my if my mother was wow. like, two minutes later, you'd be calling me Jerome. <laughs> like, Brandon, you'd be like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> my name was Jesus Christ. That's fucking crazy. Wow. And that was just wow. his psyche, man. Okay. You know? Wow. So you, your mom wasn't scared of him, though. Your mom, like, stood stood hard and firm with him, She right? did. She okay. did. Never she backed did. down to his shit. And no. No, but as you know, love is crazy, man. Right. Yeah, but your mom seems like a real badass, man. Yeah, she reminds me of my mom being from Boston, like right. just raising three boys on her own <laughs> after my dad died. Just the shit you've been through as a mom, and ra- you know what I mean, like. Yeah, she's been around the block edge. a lot, yeah. man. And now she's like my spirit animal. She she'll know everything about you in like a minute, mm-hmm. and yeah. she has you know no filter. Yeah, it's like I, I don't know if it's just older people in general or my mother, but the older they get. They just don't care. No, dude. And yeah. how much freedom is in that? Oh. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> like, they, yeah. Oh, they yeah. don't care about anything. Yeah. Fuck. So how long How long from when you came to California, sponsored by Power, stand at Tony Hawk's, yeah. started drinking alcohol, yeah. how, how long was that career for with Power or, or the drugs beginning in there? So so as fate would have it, I, I ended up going on like one of uh, the tours with Powell and, and Valali. Oh, tour or something? Yeah, well, and Valali had came back. Wow. And he was like kind of like the tour manager on the tour. You know, okay. he's the older guy. He was the most responsible. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like where my love for skateboarding and and newfound infatuation with drugs were, were, mm. were colliding. And at the time, I didn't understand the power of addiction. Right? Yeah. Like, I thought that I had this, and and people were beginning to overreact. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, so you're I'm, like 14, 15, though. I'm about 15, <laughs> going on 16 on this tour, and this is where the the why in the road takes place. We're on the tour, and and and. Uh, and and my behaviors had clearly changed. Not only like uh, is is Vilali seeing it, but like the rest of the guys on the tour. And I'm not really producing it. The demos. I'm just kind of mm. like you know. I just my, over my priorities are not in yeah. the right place. So finally, he ends up catching me with like a whole bunch of herb on the tour and maybe some pills. I forget. And uh, and he says, you know, get rid of the the drugs or like you have to go. And and wow. and I. I abided, right? I got rid of the drugs and, and finished the demo and then like got a ride back to the, the very same sewer, which I threw the drugs down. Oh, my God. And got them out. And, and long story shit. short, powerful I itself. get caught with the drugs and then kicked off the tour. Holy shit. That's just for weed, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was just like, it, and that's what you would think. Back, but at such a young age, yeah, and just like, like I should not have been that consumed by the the getting and using and smoking of weed like right. it yeah. kind of started controlling my whole day depending on what city we were going where mm-hmm. could i get mm-hmm. it's just this insanity so they sent you home yeah wow um Fuck. that's a reality and <laughs> and then i'm home and then i get a, a call from todd hastings and he's like well novak we could you know we can like continue to allow you to ride for pal and at this time i'm designing my pro model like i'm designing prototypes Damn, dude, you're on the wow, come up. nice and uh or, you know, you can continue to do this and and, and, and go to treatment, or or you can quit. And mm. and and uh, I didn't have a breath of fresh air in my lungs when I said I quit. Yeah, Fuck, like, I mean, at that age, you think, I mean, I remember just being like, I know everything, you know. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, like, I, I say that, man. Right. Like for that, 
and what I know now that I didn't know then right. being the addict and alcoholic that I am, all that simply means is that I'm defiant by nature. I, I hate authority yeah. and I'll yeah. never conform right? because I possess this job that consists of knowing everything. Mm. So thank you, my friend, for kindly suggesting what I maybe should do to save my life. But I'm going to kindly suggest why you should fuck, fuck off, off. Right. because yeah. I know. Yeah. And what I ultimately find out walking into my 13th treatment center at the ripe young age wow. of 38, fresh off waking up on life support for seven days, oh, is that you know what I do know <laughs> is that I don't fucking know. Right. And my very best thinking, despite these successful accolades that I, I can share with you, place me here time after mm -hmm. time. And, and you know, ignorance was no longer bliss. I knew, which meant I was to be held accountable. I could no longer deny the writing on the wall that was in my handwriting. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. No, not totally. your, I couldn't deflect right. or minimize yeah. the severity of my situation on her, people, places, things. Mm -hmm. Like the, the reality is 13 treatment centers later, you know, medevac four different hospitals, four different states, four different overdoses. My mother bought me a plot. Psychiatric ward. Yeah, wow. psychiatric wards. Like, like I can no longer deny that the common denominator in my problems are me. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, right, yeah. I tried and it worked for a while until it just doesn't work. And, and, and now it's like, it's of my own doings and my own creation that I'm yeah. not allowing myself to get better. Yeah, when you quit when you quit the team, did you get really bad after that? Yeah, quit, oh, absolutely. Like, Fuck it. Just like the story we were talking about before air here mm -hmm. with my friend. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now you just go off the rails because there's no more responsibilities. Yeah, right. Like like that was the thing. There's some requirements that come along with if you fulfill your dream. Yeah. Did you not care about skating? Soon after I, that, not so much. It was more of a burden. Damn. It was a burden, and it was like a heartache because it was the relationship that could have been. Right. So I just avoided Did it. Did you have any new goals after that? No. No. Damn. None. Just getting fucked up. Yeah, just like, just hanging. Fuck. But my brain, right? Because here's, again, what I know now and what I knew then are two completely different things. And what I know now is that that, that I've been diagnosed as an addict or an alcoholic. And all that simply means is that I, I possess this brain, uh, this delusional alcoholic brain that lies to me in my own voice that makes me believe the unbelievable. Yeah. So at the time, I'm like, dude, the, the skateboarding world needs me. It cannot go on without me, and I am an asset. Mm. And in reality, the skateboarding world does not need me. It goes on quite fine without me, and I'm a liability. <laughs> but unfortunately, because I possess that job that consists of knowing everything, I'm the last person to fucking realize that. Right. Right. <laughs> so everyone else is like, dude, you're an idiot. You're right. And you never got the Power Pro deck? No. no. Damn. But the story, the story has a really silver lining, okay. which we'll get to. Okay. Okay. Holy fuck. So now you're back home in Baltimore. Yeah. You're not on the team. Nah. You're like 16 years old. Yeah. Like packages are no longer being sent. <laughs> Tours aren't being booked. Flights aren't being scheduled. Do, do you remember the first time you started doing heroin? Was it I remember the first night that I did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the progression took place. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like it's the herb, herb. It's the drinking. drinking. I love then, that he calls it herb. Yeah. Yeah. It's the old school style. <laughs> Murphy's Law style. I love it. <laughs> you know, like we had some grass. You know. It's, it's, <laughs> My father called it grass. <laughs> the step bombers. down. <laughs> All right. So, so obviously you're so, only you're only drinking. They're not like doing coke or anything like that. You're 16. Not yet. Right. Yeah. No. Um. Uh, but the progression takes place really quick. So it goes from in Baltimore. In Baltimore, and and it's not even really mo so Baltimore's much. Baltimore's no joke, by the way. Yeah, yeah they, they, there's all kinds of names for that place. I love the wire. I, I was mentioning the wire when we talk about Baltimore. Dude, my claim to fame with the wire is so my grandparents owned the the first open air produce market in Baltimore. Okay, they were Arabs. They had the horses with the guys that would go through the city and scream like fruits, vegetables. Wow. So they had way back then, and then they opened their first open air produce market, which was in 
in East Baltimore. Okay. Now, fast forward to the very last episode of The Wire. Oh, my God. Very last episode. <laughs> Remember Omar? Yeah. He gets yes, killed course. by the little boy yeah. in the bodega? Yeah. That's it. That bodega that was... is called Novak's Produce. No! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. Are you serious? Oh, my mother. Holy Classic shit. scene. Yeah. Dropping some gems. That's wow. awesome. But oh now, unfortunately, they oh, tore that down. Oh man, it's wow. gone now, right? Yeah, the 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 the, the store. Um, oh, I remember that so vividly. I was like I not expecting that. that. I was I, like, I, I are you old enough to remember the loft in Baltimore? Yeah, dude, Jules, the promoter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know the loft I well. I saw tons of shows there back totally. in the day. My guy that makes my suits, uh, Christopher Schaefer. Okay, I had a, a suit place in there. Adam Langford, black yeah. guy, dreadlocks. Yeah. The, like I live with that dude for wow. Because I used to live in St. Mary's County, in, off North Avenue. No, I used to live in, yeah, I used to live in South America. Yeah, the loft. I used to go to Baltimore and see shows with my brother. And Absolutely. Shit. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. So how old are you? Uh, <laughs> I'm, 40, I'm 50. 42. Okay, okay. Yeah. A little bit younger, yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. Okay, so, so let's, get, let's go. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's get back. Let's get back to, let's go to heroin now. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we're, we're on the age. <laughs> so, drink, so drinking, no more skating. Yeah, drinking. Wow. Uh, not really a, a acquired the taste of alcohol, but I like herb. And, and my yeah. father, he is a... He's growing it. He's growing it, and then he also gets uh, tons of scripts, pharmaceuticals. Oh, so he would give yeah. me Valiums and sell me the Valiums, and and I, I got into those heavy pills. That's how you kind of bonded. Yeah, totally. Oh, oh we absolutely man. bonded. Right, right. That way. Like, right. like you remember on. when he finally said, "I'm growing weed behind this wall." Well, right? no, <laughs> you know how you knew it was there. He, was, he well, ended up selling yeah. that house. And, okay. and one time when the real estate agent came over to sell it, he told us, he said, don't you say a word about right. this room. So what do I do? The real estate agent comes over. I said, hey, my father's. And, and I got the wrath for that. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so uh, the, the progression takes place. And um, now I'm, uh, I, I've decided to partake in the business aspect. And I, I met a guy who's given me like boxes of 10, 20, 30 pounds of, you know, this is like the, not the herb that's out today. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. back then. And what year would this be? This is like 94, three, okay. two. Okay. I was supposed to graduate in 96, about 94. Yeah, you're going to make money after a job. So yeah, like, yeah. And so that, and, and I, I still, I have this ego that's still right. running rampant. So I still need to remain the fucking man. Mm. It's not happening through skateboarding anymore. Were people reaching out to you from that world, checking in on you and stuff? Some, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they That's were. Weird. They were. But yeah. then it was different then than now. It wasn't like cell phones. You just text oh, yeah, and, you know, it was like, call the rotary phone, call <laughs> yeah. my, right. my, stop by my mom's house. Yeah, right. deal, you. yeah. You know, and, and they're only going to do that so much. Yeah. Um, but they did until they didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the reality, because I was successful at my own right at such a young age, before people really realized the severity of my situation, I was like far gone. Okay. Because there was no accountability. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And then why would they start checking on me now? I've, I've seemed to do pretty good to this point. Totally. Yeah. Wow. So you start selling weed. Yeah, I'm doing that. And then. Uh, and that's a big deal back then. It is. It is. And to kind of. I'm uh, doing that, you know, the repercussions from that or whatever. I, the the textbook signs right i sleep late i mm -hmm. i stay out all night i avoid responsibilities 
And where um, are you living at that time? At my mother's. Okay. Yeah. Does she know, does she know what's going on? She does, but you got to keep in mind, she's just trying to keep the house afloat totally. and my father at bay. The kind of household I came from, you know, when you asked my age, and it took me a second, my, my birth date is either uh, 78 or 77 year, and no one's really sure. Wow. My mother doesn't remember. My my birth certificate says one thing. My passport says the other. I've given so many aliases that like Holy you can't really find it because that's the kind of household we you know yeah like it was just a lot going on all Holy the time. Shit, man. And uh, so your age is kind of yeah. And I, I've I, you know I, I've been arrested so many times and I've given so many aliases that like how many times do you think you've been arrested? Uh, well, to put it in perspective, my my. my Last book that just came out, which is also an auto an autobiography. You know, there, there's people out there that have jobs that that fact check these books. And if I say, you know, May of of 2003, it was a, a stormy, rainy day. Some some book guy out there goes May 2003. Oh, it was a sunny, cold day. He's a liar. The whole book shit. He's a fucking liar. So my yeah, co-author, yeah. who's like insanely meticulous, really smart guy, in front and behind his name, he has all these letters and. And uh, for fact checks, because my life is in a blur for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. When it comes to like, and my mom, she's the same way. When it comes to like dates, and we're horrible. So what we did was we hired a private investigator and, and we said, could you uh, unearth and, and dig up any arrest that he's ever, I've ever had? Holy and they're like, shit. he's like, what? He's like, most people want to bury that shit. <laughs> you want me to, and, and I'm like, please, everything. And the way that we did my timelines where I'll give you an example. Remember 1999 Y2K? Fear yeah. the world was yes. going to shut down. Computers yeah, couldn't go over. Yep. So I'm homeless in, in East Baltimore uh, area. And it was freezing cold. And I remember the night uh, of, of uh, December 31st, right? Because I'm homeless. I'm in the thick of addiction. And I got two buddies with me. We have bags. We have flashlights. We have uh, crowbars. And, and as soon as midnight hits and everything shuts down and goes out we're going and robbing and looting like, wow and dude. it didn't happen it so i ended up <laughs> it didn't happen I'm, I'm homeless i'm cold it's new year's eve new year's day i got a crowbar and an empty sack <laughs> new year's day i went to rehab you know so Holy that's kind of how shit. i could remember my timelines yeah. off of my arrests or things of that nature it puts me back do you kind of want to get arrested if you're homeless in the freezing cold to have a place to sleep? Yeah, absolutely. Rehabs and jails become really popular and crowded in the winter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a reprieve. Fuck, man. So do we have a total? No, I don't. Uh, I have Over a, 20 times. Oh, that's a walk in the park. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. I have dude. a picture I could show you of, of, of all the photos. Yeah, it's there on my phone. And you were arrested in the hospital, too, after you broke your ankle. Yeah, right? that was one of them. Yeah, that I didn't even know you that. You broke your ankle on the jackass set or something, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I broke both my ankles. Fuck. It was jackass 3D or some shit? Yeah. And they arrested you? Two or three. They arrested you in? At the hospital. Fuck. So I'm on my way to the hospital, and there's this uh, a state trooper following. And they're like, dude, there's a state trooper. And I'm like, yeah, it's just an escort. Whatever, you know, get me there quicker. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought, dude. Get you fixed up right away. Jackass ex escort. And, and, but, but, but it's behind the car. It's not in front. So yeah, I yeah, should have yeah. known that it's not a fucking escort. <laughs> Holy shit. So I get to the hospital. I, I had broken both my ankles. And I'm strung out at this point anyways. Right. Right. And I get in there. And all of a sudden, the state trooper comes. And he said, Mr. Novak? I said, yeah. He said, uh. 
we've been looking for you for two years now. And he Whoa. and he takes the yeah. handcuffs and right to the bed. Right. Now keep in mind we're in full force filming Jackass. Yeah. So now like not only am I gonna go through serious detox directly to jail, I'm gonna miss out on all these bits that I can do. Yeah, dude. Which means like I'm gonna lose, and then uh, in a lot of different ways. Right. Holy fuck! For two years. Two years. And all you kinds know, of warrants and shit. Well, you would think all kinds. You would think <laughs> I'm like Billy the Kid on the run yeah, for yeah, fuck's yeah. sake. You had no idea. I don't want to talk bad, but they really didn't put much effort into finding okay. me. Of course. Or, yeah. So what happened was. A little over two years ago, I wake up at Bam's house and and I don't feel good that day. I'm I'm withdrawing. I don't have any any drugs on me, and I have this leather jacket with all these pockets in. So I, I just happen to unzip a pocket and I pull out a script that a friend had written me from Baltimore. It was a stolen pad. I knew it, and it was a dentist. It was from a dentist office, and it was for like eight uh, oxycodone, thirty milligrams. Um, which I thought could maybe work, right? It's not for like 50 or 60. It's a dentist. They don't give you a lot of pain pills. Yeah. So I go to a, a Rite Aid and I, I pull in and, and I go in and I hand the script to the lady and she goes in the back and all of a sudden she's on the phone mm. and she said, yeah, he's he's got a black leather jacket on, a black fedora and he's driving a black Mercedes. And with that, I just leave. Right. Don't ever think about it ever again in my life. Fast forward to two years oh later. Oh my god! Holy shit, dude! It's like it's a fe it's a felony passing scripts. You know, it's a wow. whole. And, and you were on Bam's radio show, and you mentioned that you were using somebody else's urine. Yeah. So and originally they <laughs> sent they sentenced me to 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 thirty weekends and six and a half months house arrest. Yes. Was my original sentence. Yeah, it's correctional facility thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. at the time we have a show on Sirius Satellite Radio. Yeah which we do in Bam's home, very similar to this. There's a guy working the boards, mm -hmm. eight of us partying, cutting rails, you oh, know, wow. just Jesus. totally uncensored, just like, you know. I Actually, my claim to fame for that show was, you know, when Sirius started, it was like uncensored. Yeah. Anything goes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, okay, and <laughs> here we go. So, Thanks, Howard Stern. Yeah, totally. Right. So one day we're doing the show, and we decide that we're going to mic me up. I'm going to drive into Philly. I'm going to get a hooker. I'm going to bring the hooker back, right. and I'm going to fuck her live on air. Right. Oh, my God. Two hookers, yeah. I, I thought. <laughs> no, it was two. It was, yeah, 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 yeah. So they start finding out. I forget about that. They start finding out that this is happening, and all the lawyers are calling like, the legal department. Like, do not do not. this. Do, do not. not. <laughs> Tell us don't, and we're doubling down. I do it, and they, they literally pulled the plug on our show. We were the first show ever on Sirius Satellite Uncensored Radio to become censored. To be said, holy shit. Which is like some Howard Stern shit in its yeah. own right. Yeah. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. So, so anyways, that was just a, a, a quick side note. No, that's amazing. <laughs> but some, somebody, some staff from the facility heard the radio show where you yeah. talked about the urine, right? So, so we're doing the show and, and when you're partying crazy. in a room like this, you forget that on Sirius it's going out yeah. across the nation uncensored and our show was live at the as a matter of oh, fact man. so all of a sudden i'm talking to my friends what it seems like and i'm telling them about how 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 the 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 uh guards and the employees at this particular facility you said the name yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And, and at the time I, I was like not where i'm at today so i was really disrespectful and, and didn't take people's livelihoods or feelings into totally. consideration and and i totally outed them and said how like my dead grandmother could do a better job wow. he's, he's fat like you know just really ignorant Damn. vile stuff 
and and I said, you know, every weekend I, I sneak my my drugs in up my ass, and then I also sneak in some piss, so because I have to give a urine every weekend that I'm in there, and Fuck and man, and, and, and I totally lay out the blueprint. <laughs> Lay out the blueprint. So that's on a Monday night was our radio show. Yeah. Friday night, I go to turn myself in for the weekend. They do like a roll call and they say, Novak. And I'm like, yep. And I go to get in line with the rest of the people. They said, no, nah, no, nah, you're over here. And I'm like, what? Oh, you're over here. So they take me. They still don't tell me what's happening. And they put me into the intake unit where the rest of the inmates are that have just been arrested. Right, Holy they switch me out now. I'm switched out of my clothes. I got the jumpsuit on. I don't. Are you tripping? You're like, tripping, dude. Still got my shit. So I get my cell and I get it out and I do it. So I'm really high, thank God. Oh, so I go right to bed. But about a day and a half in, I hear a bang on the door. Novak, come on! And I'm like, yes, they they fixed the mistake. I'm going back to the weekend block. I'm going home, and it's a sergeant. And, and, and we call the sergeants white shirts because they wear white shirts. It's a white shirt, and, and he takes me, and he takes me. I think I'm just going back, problem solved. They take me into this, and this is, at the time, it, it was a, a privately ran facility. Yeah. It, it was one of, it was on, it was on the list of, like, the, the five most corrupt privately ran facilities mm. in the nation. Like, it was legit. And, uh, and they take me to this office where all the other sergeants, a.k.a. white shirts, were. And, and there's a big circle of white shirts. And then there's one sitting in the corner on the computer and he's just typing and he won't look at me. And they put me in the middle of the circle. And the guy who will not look at me is clearly the boss. He starts repeating the radio show verbatim. And as he starts repeating the oh show, God, they start fucking laying in on me. And I'm getting it from him physically. Wow. Oh, shit, And, and he's like, you think it's funny? He's like, you, you, you're going to do it again? And now I'm in the belly of the beast. It got wow. really real, really quick. And it's a Friday, so you're fucking in there for whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, ultimately, what happened was, I'm in there for whatever. I'm in there for my my full sentence. They never let me back so out. Ten months or something. Eleven right? and a half months. Wow. But while I was in there, they made my life a living hell. They would come in and they would turn the whole sure block the guy over. From Jackass, you're like this crazy. Yeah, yeah. and I, 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 I assaulted, I insulted them. I, I was very demeaning towards them. Um, so they would put me, they'd move me around. At first, they put me in the hole for the first ninety days. For the ninety days, I could not leave. <laughs> ninety days by 90, yourself. It was like Holy some Shaw Shank Redemption type shit. Like for real, for ninety days. I was in the hole. You you get your three meals a day. 90 days. And you're withdrawing too. Withdrawing from Xanax, methadone, and heroin. Bro. The only thing you can have is the Bible if you happen to have it. If not, you just lay in your cell. Um, you're allowed out once a day for a shower. And you have to be in handcuffs and shackles. And you can get mail. No TV, no books. No, it's like the military. They wow. like built me down to break me. They broke me down to build me up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it, a deal. It's completely inhumane. Yeah. Oh, well, no. since then, it's changed. Yeah. And it's no longer I mean, privately ran. Jesus Christ. I mean, break you down is right. I mean, it's breaking literally your mental stability down. Oh, you yeah. You have somebody in isolation for such a long time. Literally. I, I remember... Funny story. There was a, uh, a a a young kid on the on the bunk above me. His name was Streets, and he was a really good musician. Streets. Yeah, and uh, and I remember like you know I'm withdrawing. I'm 
I'm detoxing, and, and the only thing that feels good at times like that is to like jerk off. It's <laughs> the only thing that allows me to like stress sense. release. All yeah, that it's like yeah, it's yeah. almost like as close as I can get to a drug. So yeah. one day I'm like trying to sneak it out down there, and he's like, he's like, "Yo, what are you doing?" And I'm like, uh, "Yeah." <laughs> he's like, "Yo, I, I feel a certain kind of way about this." <laughs> He didn't yeah, say what kind of way, right, yeah. right. but he felt a way. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I, <laughs> I at one worse. point I, I was delusional because of the Xanax and the methadone and, and, and the detox of that. I thought that I was on the prices right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was starting to see all these things that weren't there. I thought that the warden was sleeping with my girlfriend. Wow. All, like fuck, just man. crazy. And that, so then after I complete my 90 days in the hole, they move me to these different blocks. And when they put me on the block, I'd be there for a day and a half. And all of a sudden the cert team would come in and literally destroy the whole block. So the other inmates were like, dude, if this motherfucker wasn't on the block, we, you know, yeah. we would be right, getting right. turned over. Mm. So I made the blocks hot. So they figured that if they can't shit. fuck with me enough, they're just going to make the in. And thank God the inmates, you know, kind of worked with me. But like mm -hmm. I go in there, I have my one of my favorite tattoos. I, I, I love gay people. I have nothing against it. But in our thing, just gay humor is really funny humor. But more so in skateboarding. Right. Skateboarders don't fare well with rollerbladers. Right. This is kind of the <laughs> arch enemies. Never have. I For me, it was BMXs in the, in the 80s. Oh, Boo, was that the thing? Sorry. Dude. Okay, on, FDR. Man. No bikes. That's all they scream. No bikes. <laughs> but then it became rollerbladers. Okay. So, um, so on my arm here, which is like one of my favorite tattoos, uh, I, I have, you know, two dudes fucking uh, doggy style. It's gay. Whatever. Cool. But two dudes banging missionary style while staring at each other in their eyes is like really up there. But these guys have rollerblades on. Oh my god! So they're in this like patch with a gay flag and the roll. So the point of the story is that's your tattoo. Yeah. Wow. Is that I end up be going becoming incarcerated? I'm like the prime uh, billboard of okay. please rape me. Wow, man. <laughs> I got these guys humping on my arm. I got a tattoo of of Bam's come on my other arm. Oh my like, god. Just all dude. these crazy party things. But you're also but you're the crazy guy so too. So they're like, eyes. dude, if it was anybody else, oh my god, you would you'd yeah, be in for it. Right. So but you with you some, we you expect got some love in there, but not I that did. kind of love. Like, right. I, I did, totally. And you know, yeah. like like my my celly at one point was the the head Muslim guy, this guy Jihad, and he was phenomenal. And I fasted and I and I prayed with him. You know, like I wow. I took on all these different like experiences. Right. Did you read did you read a lot? I did. I did. I read a lot. I, I read a lot and I wrote a lot. Was it easy? I mean, were there still drugs being brought into Inside. prison? Because I know I, I always hear a lot of stories about how easy it is and how sometimes it's cheaper, you know, the drugs that you can get in prison and things like that. And people are like, oh, I'm still getting high. Inside. Plus, we watched 60 Days In. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> a lot of that. <laughs> And but we watch uh, Oz. Yeah, we, we Oz watch Oz. a good one. We've seen all those shows, you know, and uh, I, and I've talked to a lot of people talking about how easy it is to get drugs inside prison. Yeah, sure. So is that is that was that something that was you noticed in prison? Were you still doing drugs while you were in prison? I, I did cocaine one time. Wow. Okay. Um, and I could have acquired things, okay. but the fact was, is is I was too scared to inhabit a, 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 or inherit a drug debt. 
Oh. You know? Right. Like, I, I wanted no part of, like, owing somebody something. Oh, no. oh okay. Or yeah, yeah. favor or anything. Yeah, right, like, right, anything right. could happen. We could go on lockdown, like... Commentary uh, for com- some shit. Commentary, yeah. Like, or, yeah. or it doesn't come, or my money order gets lost. Like, I, I'm, I, I understand and, and realize what the definition of the word accident means. Like, yeah. yeah. So, and I always... I was smart enough to know, like, dude, don't, don't, okay. don't. So, so in a way, did that help? I'm sorry, Toby. Did, no, my God, man. Is that an, a way like help you to sober up because you weren't using or? Well, I really wanted to better my life at that point. Like I did. Um, but unfortunately, I, I just, my vision was skewed. I didn't understand uh, enough about the disease from which I suffer from. And, and although my, my intentions were, were for the best, my actions didn't equate. So I wasn't ultimately wasn't really willing to do everything that was suggested in order for me to remain abstinent. Mm. So like I wasn't going to, when I was coming out, I was done with pills. I was done with heroin. I was done with cocaine, wanted no parts of any of that, but I want to drink wine, you know, like, Mm. because I I like wine. I don't shake when I don't have it. I don't steal to get it. Like what, 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 what's the problem? Yeah. Was that 2010? Yeah, I think around that sounds about right. Then you had like six months home arrest. No, I did all my time out. Okay, so all in, and they released me New Year's Eve. (laughs) New Year's Eve. How'd you do that night? Ah, horrible. I I went and got loaded alcohol. I stayed away from the pills. Okay, so I, you know, I set out for my. I can I completed my goal, I guess. Yeah. Um, You got you got you got drunk on wine. No. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, Wow. And, you know, it, it took about, I remember, man, I was, I, I met a, a biker in the, in the joint and his name mm. was Biggs. He was the sergeant of arms for, uh, for, for a, a bike organization. Okay. And, um, he's like, yeah, I get these perks at thirties and, and when we get out, let's have lunch. And, and, and I knew that meeting him for lunch was going to be the, my demise. And, and Damn. that day I met him. He handed me a handful, and I go into the bathroom stall at lunch, and I had to tell my then fiance, "Look, I promise I'll be good," you know, because she's like a, she's on me. She's just terrified of of my demise here. And and I go into the bathroom, and I sit down, and and I crush two pills up. And before I start to bend over and sniff them, I, I start crying uncontrollably because I know yeah. that as soon as I do this, I'm all in, and and there's no turning back. My habit will develop. Right, you I'll, I'll acquire this this need for it i'll have a physical dependency a mental obsession and I'll, I'll not ever be able to escape from this until something really bad happens whether it's jails institutions overdoses yeah. and i couldn't stop myself I, I, it was like it's like slow motion like the matrix mm-hmm. yeah i remember bending down and i'm like this is it i don't Fuck. want you know I, mean, I see shit movies like that all the time too it's like this is like real life yeah, shit that's, though a, a, like, don't true, do it, please a, don't do it. True addiction, but fucking, it's yeah. addiction, you know, it's like you were saying, you had this attitude or this this feeling inside you from when you were a child, all in. Yeah. You know, like with skateboarding. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to do it 100%. Yeah. That's it. Yes. Yeah. You know, like just, there's no if and, and but. It's like extreme. Yeah. And, and it seems with a lot of addicts, they can't help themselves it's a sickness where it's, it's a disease it's a, a disease, disease man. Yeah. and what i've learned about it is and this is a factual statement i'm about to share um and, and it, it cannot be uh d- re- refuted it can't be yeah if you've been diagnosed as an addict or an alcoholic all that simply means is that you have now been diagnosed with a disease that if left untreated equals death 
it's a fatal disease. You can look it up in any medical mm -hmm. dictionary. It's it's facts. But here's the powerful, scary part about it. It's the only fatal disease that I've ever been diagnosed with that tells me on a daily basis that I don't have this disease. And it lies to me in my own voice, Fuck. which makes me believe the unbelievable. So it's not like there's this strange, unrecognizable voice that comes in my head that says, you're good. It's my voice. Right. So it's not yeah. like, stranger danger, get out of here. No, it's my voice. Right. Yeah. So Everything is good. Follow you me. Got, it yeah. Diagnosed me with HIV. I'm rushing to the hospital to get medication. I don't want to die, fatal disease. Diagnosed yeah. me with cancer. I'm rushing to the hospital to get chemo. I don't want to die, fatal disease. Yeah. Diagnose me as an addict or an alcoholic. I need a glass of wine or a bag of heroin to figure out what the fuck's wrong with you for diagnosing me with said disease. Wow, man. Just as fatal as the first two diseases. <laughs> totally. But left to my own devices. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stop Holy doing shit. my upkeep, the things that I have to do on a daily basis in and order to maintain. It's a fight you against you, though, too. Always. Yeah, too, All the time. All the time. Right. And you have full control, like... Fuck, man, that's crazy, man. So when you really start to dig deep down that rabbit hole, which most people don't because, thank God, they don't suffer with the disease. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Yeah. But it really gets deep and convoluted and, and like, intricate. But it's really fascinating. And it's really simple. It's, yeah. it's, it's magical. It's yeah. so simple. Me as a recovering alcoholic, and I've seen me do it, it it's so easy for me to outthink myself right. out of it mm -hmm. because I'm – too smart for my own good. Yeah, you know. But you, most, yeah, that's. Were your parents in the mix? Like worried about you during all these shit started yeah. happening? Like, yeah, my my mother, my mother sold three homes to pay for me to go to two Holy different treatment shit, centers. Dude. You know, like because I, I don't what have a fucking mom. Dude. Yeah, shit, like dude. You know, she she bought. You know, nine years ago, she spent Mother's Day going out and buying two plots, one for me and one for her. Because oh, she was God, in fear that, dude. like, if she dies, who's going to take care of me? You know, I was yeah, I was gone, man. Were you coming back in and out of their lives, like, trying to get sober and stay at the house? or I would. I, I made a lot of attempts and, 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 and a lot of, you know, the boy who cried wolf. But it wasn't really so much. I'm different much, now. I'm changed. Yeah, I'm better. But I believed it. You know, yeah. it wasn't like a... But my disease, the severity of the disease was so, so powerful. Mm but I was incapable of seeing it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because, uh, and what was even worse is that I had done some things in life that people would equate to success or happiness. So it, you couldn't tell me that I really didn't know what was going on or I couldn't mm. get myself out of it. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah. Did your mom have to give you a lot of tough tough love at some times? Like, yeah, the, the best thing is- like you can't she, come in anymore, you can't come home or- Two times that took place. The very first time was when she kicked me out of her house for good in Baltimore when I was- uh, 19 years old okay. I, I came home uh, I'm using her house as just like at my disposal drug friends drug dealers Jesus. drug things in and out all you know people showing up with guns looking for my mother saying that they want the money that I owe them fuck dude you know um, were you stealing things from the house selling shit totally like that? yeah fuck um, that was just kind of par for the course but yeah. the thing with addiction is that it's not personal it's just business <laughs> yeah cause I don't want to do it I really I like you Toby but like <laughs> yeah. I'm sick and, and when you go to the bathroom I'm gonna steal these microphones like I don't yeah. want to do that but like even to your mom, even to your straight up, one. yeah, yeah, like like the disease from which I possess does not allow me to sit things out because they don't seem like a good decision for my life. Yeah, like that's if I could control it, I I, I wouldn't. Fuck, it's it's it gets it gets tough, man. And so yeah, so 
I come home one day at 19 and, and a common theme in my story is that the locks stop working. <laughs> like it's just, that's one of the commonalities in my story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I come home and, and God damn it, the, the lock didn't work. And my mother's on the other side of this, this big glass door and she's crying uncontrollably. And she says, Brandon, I can't do this anymore. Fuck. And, and what I've learned now in retrospect is that my life is live forward and learn backwards. Mm. So at the time, I'm like, how dare you? Right. Yeah, you, you brought me in and then I'd play this card. If you didn't continue to let dad in, I wouldn't be in this position. Oh, man. Pulling right. on every heartstring. Because at the time, at that point, I'm a strung out heroin addict. So if you tell me you love me, I equate that word love to $10. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Mm. If you love me, just give us one more time. Yeah. Five bucks. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll use it to to carry on is, is almost a lifeline. Damn, it's hard for a mom. I can't even imagine my son. He's like, I just, yeah, it's fucking mm. heavy shit, man. Yeah. Wow. So, but now what I recognize, having remained sober long enough to recognize the synchronicity in life's events that have led me to literally to the right here, right now that proved to me that the God of my understanding has been doing for me way before I could do for myself. Uh, that was one of the best things that she ever done. Yeah, yeah. Me, by far. Yeah. Totally. By Without repercussions from my actions, I'll believe that I have this under control. Yeah. Right. So you've been sober six years now? May 25th will be six years. It's amazing. Coming up on six years. And before that, what was the longest? Was it the 33 days you did? Yeah, I, I had like, I went to treatment and I came yeah. out and I, I did 30 days. That was 2008. Yeah, and every yeah. day I, I was miserable as could be. And, and, and what what was the trigger that, that pulled you back in after those 30 days? I never wanted to stop. Uh, like, like I wanted to stop because I went to treatment and and remember I always wanted to drink wine and and I yeah. and, and my therapist said to me he said Novak you're different at at the, at the bottom of your wine glass is a rig every time meaning a needle right mm. and I thought about that and this is where I fucked up <laughs> my my then fiance came to visit me and she didn't understand the disease concept and and rightfully so and and she goes you know yeah when you come out you know if you just drink and and <laughs> Looking back, I said, "I said, babe, I can't drink because they told me at the bottom of my wine glass is neat every time." Yeah, <laughs> and she took that and ran with it. And I'm like, I was just, I was overreacting. Oh my god! You know, like I told on myself. Have you had? Have you had more than one fiance? Yeah, twice. Wow. Twice. I was gonna say it must have been difficult to maintain a relationship. He's a very handsome, outgoing person too. So it's like I was like my father. The charm. I became my father. Mm -hmm. My father would walk in the pub. He'd buy everyone shots. He, you know, he'd throw the bag on the table, cut the rails, life of the party. You got the joke. Mm. Women in, in, in abundance, and yeah, they just couldn't stay faithful, and 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 his family couldn't stand them. <laughs> And then how how did you end up in a psychiatric world? Was it suicidal behavior thoughts? Or? Yeah, I, I don't recall it. Mm -hmm. I don't recall it. But uh, we have the transcripts from that. Um, and and Joe Arthur, my Joe Franz, my co-author. Yeah, who's he filmed the CKY videos. He was the guy that filmed awesome. CKY. Uh, Shout out to CKY, man. Yeah, totally. He he filmed those movies and then went on to film of Evil of Bam and and it's, you know here's how my book came to fruition. I, 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 I don't have a high school diploma. I, I got I don't I didn't at the time have a GED. I got my GED later on Sick. while I was incarcerated. Okay. And it wasn't that I wanted to like become this scholastic person and say I'm 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 knowledge. Yeah. No, it, what happened was in the particular facility that I was incarcerated in, if you they had these GED courses and if you passed the GED, they they gave you a pizza party supplied by Domino's. 
<laughs> so, so goals. So wow. I, I fucking aced that thing. Thanks, wow. Domino's, for your. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I aced it. So the pizza party was on you. Yeah. That's sick. So I get my GED after my first book is published, right? Okay. But I have. I here's how the first book comes to fruition. I, I have no desire. I don't even read at the time. Yeah. But, but I could care less. But we're filming Viva La Bams. Yep. Ben Margera, one of my Great best show, friends. Great show, man. Great show. Love him and, and uh, you know, praying for him. Um, I credit him very much so for, for saving my life. There were a lot of people that have, but he got me out of Baltimore City. And what that looked like was this. Bam and I met at Cheapskates Skate okay. Park in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know the spot. One weekend, Bucky and I drove from Baltimore. We'd go there to skate. We walk in. I'm riding for Powell. Bucky's riding for Powell. Bam's not sponsored at the time, but we walk into Cheapskates and and there's my doppelganger. He, he, he we dress the same, wow. we skate the same, consistent skaters, contest skaters, transition skaters, you name it. It's there, and Holy I'm like, shit. I'm like, fuck yeah, oh fuck, because I know that he's gonna be a problem in me getting <laughs> yeah. to the top here. Like we're gonna, yeah. And and as time goes on, we become best friends. Yeah. His career continues to excel and, and, and with with serious like benefits and, and mine yeah. completely declines and I become uh-huh. homeless. So one year, usually we'd practice all year for this contest, the NSAs, which yep. took place at Bricktown, New Jersey. Yep. And either he would win or I would win. And um, one year I don't show up, but Bucky shows up and Bam's like, yo, where's Novak? And, and Bucky's like, he's on heroin. And Bam's like, what's that? Wow. So young, right? Holy I hadn't even shit, heard the word. Man. Just to put that in perspective of when yeah. I was in the game. So um Holy shit. so he continues, makes the CKYs, you know, makes his first million, da da da, just blows up. I'm like just become homeless, you know, prostituting my body in Baltimore, you know, just going wow, to the man. depths of despair t- t- with addiction. And one there's this skate shop in Fells Point called Select Skate Shop. Okay. And one day they had the toy machine team there to do a demo and bam was one of those guys and while he was in there he said yo do you guys ever see novak and they said he comes in occasionally to try to get some money Mm. and bam said here's my number next time he comes in tell him if he wants to get clean to call me wow as fate would have it i walked in the very next day and i said yo can i get some money they're like no but bam was here and he left you his number you call him holy shit i go to the pay phone at the time uh, phone calls are 50 cents yeah. right and i'm homeless so 50 cents is like a million dollars to yeah. me and i gotta like hang up before the machine picks up so i get the money back deal <laughs> yeah. you know and i remember that and, yeah. and I, I i called the number and bam was still very cautious and didn't want to give me his home number so he gives me the skate shop's number in westchester fairman's okay i call and dave fairman answers he's like yo novak i'm like i, I thought this is bam's house he's like no but he literally just walked out the door let me go get him because I don't have another 50 cents. Like, this is my yeah, one shit, shot. Man. Just yeah. like all these You're synchronicities. You're pretty much. Literally. So he's like, hold on. Don't hang up. So he runs out of the skate shop, goes to the sushi place, and comes out, gets Bams on the phone. And Bams like, do you want to get clean? Uh, you want you want to start skating again? You want... And I said, yeah. And he goes, okay. And he buys me a Greyhound bus ticket. And that's Holy my shit, my transition from Baltimore to Pennsylvania. Now, wow. while I'm there, they're filming Viva La Bam. And he says, look, you, you know, you can be on the show, you can do this, but no heroin, no pills, right? Like, just stay away from downers. Like, I could drink and 
blow was okay because they, they <laughs> you know, socially acceptable. Oh, oh boy, you could drink your wine. You drink your wine. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. you can have your wine. Totally, you know, a glass of wine or so. Well, because I don't steal when I don't have it. I don't. I don't rob you for your again, wallet. Your head inside your head is speaking to totally. you again. Like yeah, totally. It's okay. Sense. It's okay. It made sense to me. Right. Holy shit. Um. So then, all of a sudden. When we'd finish filming for the day, we'd go to a pub in town, the cast and the crew, and at a table of like literally 40 wow. and a bar. And, and Bam was always infatuated with the stories and the positions I found myself in as a direct result of my addiction. Okay. Strangely fascinated. As a matter of fact, my Living very- Living vicariously f- through you kind totally. of. Totally. Yeah. And, and my very first tattoo that I ever got was uh, from uh, straight from the directions of him. He made me get no more heroin on my stomach. You know, like just trying. He's like, if you ever want to do it, think of that before you do it. And it sounded like a good idea. Little did I know a tattoo is not going to cure my addiction. But, you know, that was my very first tattoo. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I know some people with straight edge tattoos who drink. So it doesn't really hold. That's why I would never get like my sobriety date. Like that'd be a curse or something. Yeah, that would be a different. You never see guys with their (laughs) names. But listen, don't get it twisted, listeners. Not me. I'm no to the X. It's not me. I'm not saying other people. All right, all right, all right, Toby. People get all excited, (laughs) (laughs) all hot and bothered. Okay, so go ahead. So, (laughs) so I'm telling these stories. You could literally hear a pin drop. People were strangely fascinated by these stories. So two or three days in, Bam said, you know what? New deal. This is a new deal. You're going to write a book. He said, you're going to write a book. You can live in my house. You can be on the show. You can get a weekly paycheck. You can have a credit card. You're going to write a book. You are going to carry around a pen and paper. The very first time, you don't have to be writing in it, but the very first time I don't see you with a notebook and a pen in your hand, the deal's off. You're going back to Baltimore. Whoa, yeah, that's a fucking that's friend, a, man. So let's Fuck weigh the man. scales of justice. Either I walk around with a notebook and a pen in my hand, or I go back to letting men blow me for heroin yeah. in Baltimore. Yeah. But, Pretty but, you were, but you were still an addict. At that Drinking point. And, and like, but you know, I guess Fuck I would say man. functioning, if you will. Like, yeah. I, it took a lot of tries to get here because I would always be like, dude, bam, I got to go back to Baltimore to get like my favorite pair of jeans. I'd right. always look for a reason to get out right. so yes. I could do what I was going to do. Right. Fuck. He'd That's kick right. me out, bring me back. I mean, this okay. was a wash, rinse, repeat over a lot of years. All right. Yeah. What a fucking friend. Though. Yeah. Like, fuck, man. I mean, even when his own parents are like, dude, Phil, Abe, like, leave him alone. Right. Like, you're you only going to get hurt. He's yeah. unhelpable. Yeah. yeah. Like, straight up. And rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, you're the I only get person it. that was going to be able to fix me yeah. and I didn't see that at the time so <laughs> so now at this point I have no high school diploma I have no GED I'm still drinking drugging now I'm not writing this like uh, uh, recovery story I'm just mm-hmm. writing my my life so so I'm no fool I I, I go and I, I look at books and I and I realize mm-hmm. that that books are generally written in 12 chapters I write my whole book pen and paper I, I don't do laptops I don't I could I skip that whole era yeah I write it in 12 chapters but during the interim, Fran, Bam had assigned Franz to be my co-author, the okay. creator of CKYs. And Franz is like, fuck, please don't do this to me, Bam. Please. He begged him. Wow. Because like my behavior stated that right. I don't ever see anything through. I, yeah. I am right. complete hell on earth. And this is going to be a major headache for him. And waste his time, which as yeah. we know is the most important thing that we have. Totally. Now I yeah. see that. So... Unbeknownst to everybody, I'm writing this, and and I have a very special place in my heart for addiction. 
And what this allowed me to do was while writing this, it, it allowed me to go back to that place without physically going back to that place. Mm -hmm. So I got really into it. So I wrote like a chapter or two and I kept writing. And about a year later, I went back to Bam and I said, I think I'm done. And he takes it and he reads it. He's like, holy fuck. Gives it to Franz. Franz is like, this isn't, we have something here. Holy shit. And then Franz, I mean, Bam gets his manager to get me a literary agent. Wow. Okay. And then with that literary agent, Franz takes my 12 chapters and turns it into 23 chapters. Holy shit. Tony Hawk writes the foreword for it. Uh, the uh, wow. We, 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 they shop it around, and, and, and Kensington Publishers, Citadel Press, buys my book. It's now being sold at Barnes and Nobles. I'm receiving hundreds of thousands of pieces of mail from all over the world of people being like, Novak, I, I read your book. I didn't want my story to get as bad as yours. I have 30 days clean and sober. Holy shit. I got goosebumps, man. But the thing Fucking is, awesome. I wrote that book while sniffing copious amounts of cocaine and right. drinking endless amounts of red wine. Wow. So like, if you think that like, I was going to become open-minded and willing enough to walk into a treatment center and say, I don't know, but you do. Can you help me? You've lost your mind. Yeah. Because now, like, I'm saving people's lives from addiction. But I can't keep Even, a needle out of my arm. Right, right. Holy fuck, so, man. So, you know, it's like this juxtaposition paired with the fact that I have this delusional alcoholic brain that lies to me in my own voice that makes me believe right. that I'm believable. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Yeah, I don't know up from down, high from cold, right from left. Holy shit. So did you hit rock bottom after that somehow? Yeah, after that. It took some time. I mean, you had near-death experiences after that? Oh, multiples, multiples. And here's what my bottom looked like, because we could just go on. I mean, I have a 24-year addiction and alcoholism story that just takes you all over the road. Um, but at the end, what happened was I, I came to on life support in Baltimore City at Mercy Hospital, the very same hospital that my mother's on the board of, right? Holy shit. And, uh, and I had been there for seven days, and, and my mother, who's on the board of the hospital, they, they were going to pull the plug. And my mother came in and said, absolutely not. This is my son. You will not do that. And the very next morning, I came too. Oh, and, my God. Uh, you're in a coma, you said? Yeah, yeah. Seven days. Seven days. And uh, I came to the next morning. And and my, my bottom this time externally wasn't as bad as my other bottoms. Mm. You know, I still had some resources. I had some ways and means. But by far, it was the worst bottom I ever hit because my bottom came up to meet me. Because yeah. I just knew that it didn't have to be this way. And the reality is prior to this date, without fail, every time I injected or I inhaled or I, I, I consumed a drink or a drug in any way, shape or form, without fail, it would produce a delusional effect which would allow me to escape my reality. Mm. No matter where I was at or what I was doing. Yeah. So, so does homeless suck? Yes. Shoot some heroin. Oh, it's actually enjoyable. Yeah, you know, I like, like out here. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's fresh air. Wow. Think like, okay, what's the most boring thing in the world to you? Reading a Bible. Okay, shoot some heroin. Reading a Bible is like Disneyland. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just trying to give that juxtaposition. Like, yeah, I love the Bible, but you know, to some people, whatever. Um, wow. But what do I do when I'm a 38 year old homeless heroin addict? Everything and I own everything that I own in this world literally consists of eight scarves, two jackets, three socks a stick of deodorant, 
that fits into this bag that I carry around that doubles as my pillow, a needle, a spoon, and a restraining order that my mother had served on me to physically be removed from her house. 38 years old, just woke up on life support. I've been in 13 inpatient, I've been in 12 inpatient treatment centers. I've lost count of outpatients and detoxes. My mother's bought me a plot. People have taken life insurance policies out on me. I've been medevaced to four different hospitals in four different states from four different overdoses. I reside on the corner of Eastern Avenue and Patterson Park in Baltimore City, prostituting my body just to secure enough finances for one more bag. I I, I like want to kill myself on a daily basis, but I'm just terrified to hurt myself in the process. Yeah. I'm in a position in life where I'm so little curb like a skyscraper and 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 at thirty eight years old I realized that like, you know, the story just continues to go and, and it's but what I realized is that like I am the problem. Right? And and mm-hmm. all those attempts at all those facilities, I don't chalk up as a failure. Yeah. Because what happened is there was a seed planted in each one of those attempts. And in and, and May 25th, 2015, I was divinely inconvenienced in just such a way, shape, and form where God saw fit to stand between me and the last drug that I ingested just long enough for me to have that moment of clarity to see what my life had really become. Yeah. And no matter how much I was doing, that delusional effect was no longer being produced. So they talk about having that moment of clarity. My moment of clarity when I was happening when I, when I was high and when I was sober, mm-hmm. it stopped working. And what do I do when the one thing that I've relied and depended on that yeah. I've given everything to, I've given it, you know, uh, careers, women, mm-hmm. jobs, accounts, homes, sexual, it, yeah, I've given family, it, everything, everything, my yeah. life. I've over, I've given it all and it's fine. Cause it always answers. Yeah. But now it doesn't even answer. Because I knew better. Yeah. You know, it's like they say, try, try, try drinking a glass of wine when it's cut with AA or or shooting, (laughs) or shooting a glass uh, or shooting a bag of heroin when it's cut with NA. (laughs) Like it doesn't sit so well because Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah. you know, and that's kind of the point where I got to, which we refer to as like the jumping off point where, where I could actually, the pain, I was beaten into a state of reasonableness. Okay. You know, I was demoralized in just such a fashion from drugs and alcohol that I had finally become willing to do what it took to get myself out of that position. I no longer justified or minimized the severity of my disease. Yeah. I stopped deflecting. I took accountability for my actions. It's fucking heavy, man. It's crazy. You know, and, and yeah. like, Is I, it- I, what I did was I dumbed my way into this mm-hmm. because before I would always outthink myself out of this. Yeah. And what I did was I was just beaten so bad that that all I could literally all I could do was shake my head yes. This prime example, I go into the same treatment center for the fourth time. Wow. Out of my 13 attempts. And this last four places at the, the same place, I'd sit in the same chair with the same intake coordinator and she would say, "Okay, Mr. Novak, your insurance covers 90 days." And my response without fail every time was in theory, 90 days sounds great, but in reality, I'm more of like a 45-day kind of fella. <laughs> you know, I have this job to fulfill, this state to go to. Yeah. And she'd laugh at me each and every time and say, sweetheart, you have no idea. Anything and everything you put in front of your recovery doesn't matter because you'll lose it. Mm. May 25th, 2015, I found myself in the same exact chair with the same exact woman, and she gave me the same offer. But what was different this day, when she gave me that offer, I could not come back with a counter offer. I was beaten so bad. I was so worn out that all I could do was shake my head yes. Yeah. Because if I said no, that entailed an explanation as to why I couldn't stay 90 days. 
Okay. I, I, I finally just started listening. I, I literally was beaten speechless by my disease of addiction, thank God. Like, I couldn't even talk. I was so, I was just, I was just done. Damn. I was so spent, you know. Yeah. And, and thank God. Yeah. And what I know that to be now is I had that gift of desperation. I had met God. Wow. Straight up. And it's a gift. It's a gift. Yeah. A lot of people don't receive that gift, hence them not, mm -hmm. you know, and I turned my pain into my purpose, man. I turned my mess into my message and, and I just became a sponge and I started absorbing all this stuff. Yeah. You know. And, and how hard was that to get clean at that? It was, dude, it was. A long process. It was super, you know, I'm not even have to knock on wood. It was super easy for me this time. Okay. Because I bought in. I bought into the concept 100%. Not like surrendered yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, I, I grabbed onto a mentor, a sponsor, someone who had like serious sobriety for multiple years and, and knew the deal. And, and I'm like, I don't know, but you seem to. So please right. show yeah. me the way. And he says, do that. I'm not like, okay, I'll do A, B, C, maybe yeah. D. I'm like, dude, bring it on. You know, and I've continued and I, and I took heed to what they said because I wasn't a scared of like, using and dying that would have been a relief yeah my fear and my impending doom and hell was like using and not dying and waking yeah. up every day to do things against my will to secure enough finance to get another yeah whatever yeah so i was like Fuck. dude let's do it and uh and they told me things in treatment like stick to the basics so god willing you don't have to go back to the basics yeah remember you suffer from a disease called alcoholism not alcoholism you know, <laughs> uh, I, you can't stay Holy sober shit. on yesterday's sobriety. It has yeah. a shelf life of 24 hours. Wow. You know, and I do the same thing today that I did 20 days in straight same up. Thing. Yeah. I wake up every day. I, I, I make my bed. I get on my knees. Uh, I, I, I thank God. I, I, uh, I, I, I work with other alcoholics. Uh, basically what it is, is I, it's a triangle. I trust God. I clean house and I help others. And gotcha. as long as those are connected, I cannot fail. Yeah. I'm an active participant. And it's in working. It's been six years. It's yeah. amazing. Why fix it if it's not broken? Yeah. Is it two, two things? A couple things. First of all, you should have your own podcast or there's got to be an audio book for your book, right? Because your voice well, That was a thing. The audio book. Wonderful. Well, thanks, man. I've never been it just told. So, it just sounds great listening to yeah, the story. definitely. I feel like I'm listening to an audio book. It's crazy, man. I, I, they said the audio book is, uh, it can be pirated very easy okay so they wouldn't do that they didn't want me to do that you should have a documentary as well but that's in the works should definitely have a we, documentary. because back in the day when i was getting high this these people said hey would you want to do a documentary about your life and i'm like sure and they said we'll pay you cash on hand for every interview i'm in the midst of my addiction so i'm just like this is great heroin money right. so shit. so they have all the actual footage to where there would wow. not even need to be a voiceover. Plus your skate footage, all that stuff. Everything, everything. And as a matter of fact, before I went to this last treatment, they had a secret meeting that I was not privy to. And they said, how are we going to guide and direct the ending of this movie with his death? Because that's what everyone expected. Wow. So then I got sober and I stayed sober and this thing kind of just like took on a whole life of its own. Yeah, the and, then, and you work in the treatment center in Pompano Beach, too? Yeah, well, I work at one treatment center that has 16 nationwide. Okay. So I... It's based I, out of there or something? Yeah, the epicenter is there. Um, it's called ba Banyan? Banyan. Banyan. Banyan yeah. Treatment Center. And, yeah. and I, I help people get into treatment. And I've recently just opened a men's recovery home. So when I went to that treatment center for 90 days, from there I went to a men's recovery home for one year. Okay. And in that home, I, I learned how to, like, do laundry. 
wash the dishes some yeah. adult shit yeah yeah, Make grown my, up shit. yeah straight up and <laughs> and i see the the importance of that so i created the same narrative mm. i'm doing it and i just opened up novak's house um and i'm looking at another one and it's it holds 11 guys that come directly from treatment to there yeah uh i work with nonprofits that provide scholarships for these guys so That's if they don't awesome. have money then i have someone that uh, nonprofits that will pay their way for the first month while they continue their continuum of care to build that foundation so that when they walk off after that month they they, they have the strength and stability to stand on their own and god willing stay sober yeah you know because you know once you walk out of treatment I'm great at being institutionalized. You know, I can run groups. I can tell you what your flaws are and your defects <laughs> yeah. and why you're fucking up. And, mm -hmm. you know, but then when I walk out there, it's like, whoa, I'm like a stranger in my own skin trying to figure yeah. out who the fuck let me in. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. And so what about skating? You skate? Dude. So, so <laughs> the, the full circle, the pendulum to that story, you saw you never came out with the pro model. Yes. Uh, the heart supply. Okay. Johnny Shilleroff. Okay. I heard that owned he owned element he created element skateboards okay element is per element was purchased by by someone else and now he wants to recreate you know what he did with element yeah so he created the heart supply gotcha christian asoy uh bam uh jagger eaton myself everyone that rides for this team when they have a a, a drop a portion of their proceeds have to go towards a nonprofit. Sick. It's 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 a requirement to be on the, the That's deal. That's cool. So it's like uh, Jim Thebo actions realized. He has that through real skateboards as well. Okay, they do nonprofits actions realized. That's what Jim Thebo does through real. Really, mm -hmm. it's it's such Same a beautiful kind of thing. thing. It's a whole yeah, it's cool. So here's where where the whole the story comes full circle. I'm skating again. I'm doing really good. I'm like killing it, filming. Uh, Johnny reaches out to me and he's like, this is coming up to my five year anniversary. And, uh, and he said, I, I would like to like give you a model. I want you to design a board and graphics. And, as, and I didn't plan this, Yeah. but the release of that board happened on my five year sober it's birthday. It's amazing, man. Wow. It's fate. That shit's awesome. I, I couldn't have written that if yeah. I tried and I didn't. It's amazing, like, man. The synchronicity in life's oh, events. Totally. Wow. You know, so on my five-year anniversary, I released the board and the sequel to the first book, Dream Seller, that was wildly successful. Sick. Dream Seller was just recently printed into its ninth edition. Wow, man. So you know that. Amazing. Like that's that, amazing. Not, yeah. With a new cover, a new epilogue, two bonus chapters, and a new ending. It's like different pressings of albums and shit records. That's cool. Not, wow. you know, that's incredible, man. Nine, and I wrote, you know, and... But That's they amazing. didn't. When I originally wrote that book, I had a three book deal. Okay. I didn't have time to get in the story, but at my own book release, I stole my own books to go to the train station to take back to Baltimore to sell to buy more dope because I was oh, sick that day. Fuck. So that day. They you ever get high on your own supply? Literally. <laughs> I was stealing. Yeah. I was, oh, so, holy shit. So they ripped that contract up on site. Wow, dude. So, you know. No more. That was, yeah. the, the the ending was done. I had sealed my fate. <laughs> yeah. But Fuck. because recovery is just such a spiritual journey, um, on my five-year anniversary, the sequel to that book was finally released. Awesome. With my pro model and a video part that I went to Spain and Barcelona and filmed at like 41 years old. Holy street skating <laughs> stuff? Everything? Yeah, oh, like man. just, you know, 
Barcelona is like the mecca for skateboarding. Wow, dude. Yeah, Barcelona is beautiful. There's so many skaters over there. Yeah. That's fucking incredible, man. So it's like, I'm, I'm, dude, people say, how are you doing? My stock answer is way better than I fucking deserve. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you're fucking, you've been through so much shit. It's crazy, man. And, not, and now we're now like in the, pos, the positive part of your life, but to get dark for one second, because I've always seen this in movies, when, when, so... When you do um, heroin, you're smoking it or snorting it. Mm-hmm. It's way different than shooting it. And then once you shoot it, they say, you try to catch the dragon again. That's what they call it or something. Like you try, so the rest of your time, you try to get that same first high, correct? Absolutely. You're yeah, chasing you're the dragon. A, a dog chasing your tail. Okay. You heard you know, that too, but right? Yeah, chasing oh, yeah, the dragon. Definitely. Absolutely. That's the deal. You know, and I, you, never get, you would never get that first high again. Never, no, never. 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 Fuck. And dude, I have, I've covered all these tattoos as you can relate, but one of them is a two-parter. It says, Where's my needle over here? And then over here has a needle going. And it says, "Oh, there it is." Like oh I lost it for a second. Shit. <laughs> We're just trying like, to find veins, or probably shooting. Yeah. You, you shot at your feet before. Yeah. Probably? Nah, I okay. was I was pretty fortunate. Just that I, I arms stuck only. In, the arm, in my neck. I got into my neck. And do end. you remember the first time you shot it? Yes, I didn't though. I'm terrified of needles. I oh, hate so getting tattoos. Hate needles yeah, too. I do. Be like, oh, take the fuck. I'm not taking. That. I hate needles. I hate. But were you snorting it first? Totally. Yeah, you you snort it. The progression is generally the same. You snort it. You snort it. You snort it. And then like you you start to deplete your funds. You start to get fucking broke. And you realize if I buy a ten dollar bag and I shoot just a quarter of it, I'll get ten times higher than if I wow. sniffed ten of these bags. Holy shit. Okay. You know, um, so the first time looked like I don't want to do it. And I give you a little bit of dope and you do it for me. And I just shut my eyes and go like this. Fuck. And then I learn because I, right, I'm depleting my funds. I can't keep right. giving you a little bit to shoot me up. So now I got to learn. It's just it's yeah. like a necessity. It's a lifeline. We always see people on heroin, like living in New York, like just the thing where they're kind of standing up, they're sleeping kind of. Yeah. Like they're nodding out, standing up. That was always so scary to me. even seeing that like zombies, yeah. man. It is. Zombie state. Zomb- it's really, it's insane. I mean, what you're talking about, you, your uh, fiance, how she had no idea. You know, it's a lot of people that are with addicts mm-hmm. and they don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, and, and so it's, or they don't really understand That's the it. disease. And so when they're like, oh, a cup of wine, you know, totally. or a glass of wine. But I, I dated um, an, uh, an addict and sure. I learned a lot, you know, from it. And, and I, I didn't pro- know that. And and it's a few times in that I in my life that I've dated addicts, and um, I really learned, you know, like it's it's helpful if you do go to a meeting, like a meeting that's like an Al-Anon, Al-Anon meeting, yeah, that really so you have a better understanding. Like I would be sitting of there your having. Do you mean? Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, or a loved one. You know, somebody yeah. that's in your family have a much better perspective of what's really going on totally. in that person's mind and there were times where i'd be sitting there and i was an idiot you know like they, i remember dating these people and i'd be like i'm just drinking you know drinking a beer in front you of know? them yeah like i mean mm-hmm. and, and it was just like and she would just look at times and be like wow like i i just don't understand how you can do that you know like there's no bottom of that bottle yeah like if i were to you know it's just like it's just in it's not fathomable for me sure. to understand no. how you can just have one beer and be done. Yeah, like, yeah. It was just like that. That's that there insane is to no me. <laughs> she was like, there's no end to that. If, yeah. if I started, it would be like, keep going, yeah. keep going. We'd be watching movies and it'd be like a Coke scene. Somebody sniffing. She's like, oh, it's just my asshole just perked up. You know, I was just <laughs> yeah. like, whoa. She's like, it's intense. But what I realized is that she's, 
you know, it's a change of like who you're hanging out with as well. You know, being around supportive people. Absolutely. Absolutely has a huge impact because a lot of our friends are always going to meetings. Yeah. You know, it it was just like really informative, though, like to to think like, wow, I should have gone to those meetings, you know, to really have a better understanding. But you didn't know how powerful it is or how. Yeah. And and if you really want to help somebody, you know, it's. You got to be, in, you know, you really, it's it's important, I think, to really have a better understanding of the disease. Yeah, because ultimately what can happen is you can do more more Damn harm it. than yes. good. and that's, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Unbeknownst. Right, exactly, right. Like, no, no, just have a glass sure. of wine. You're not doing heroin or anything, but it's just like, hey. And that's what's and so like, hard. There's like nothing. No, not a puff. And, and it's just so sip. difficult because it's it's truly a case by case scenario. It's not a black and white textbook yeah, solution. Right. Yeah. You know what works for me might not work for you. And true. I was saying that too. If I I never tried anything my entire life, I never tried. That's amazing. A sip of it. So I'm just wondering if I because I amazing, do, I do right. have addictive what, personality. No oh yeah, you do. What that's took, it's what, because my brothers were watching me. My, my brothers would watch me. My mom was working three jobs. My dad had died, and my two brothers were smoking and drinking in the house, having girls over. There's weed coming out of the, the fucking uh, the cellar, the back of the. Right. Uh, I just was crazy, and I was like, this was scary to me. You know what I mean? I just, and then I heard I was already into punk rock. I was already skateboarding to like Sex Pistols and all yeah. these other bands. Then I heard Minor Threat, and I was like, holy shit! I can skate to this shit. It's aggressive, and I don't have to drink to fit in and be cool. This sign That's me rad. up. And so at 13 years old, I was like, fuck That's it, amazing. I'm gonna be straight edge. Just because I, it was the timing in my life, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. But yeah. I could I could easily. My brother still drank. I could easily been like my brother. I don't know why. I just I was so scared of drugs and alcohol. I don't know why, man. It was weird. My mom would smoke and drink in the house, but it wasn't like heavy shit. It's just the timing for me in skateboarding. Sure. I think it was, I'm very lucky, man. Absolutely. Because I could have been really addicted to yeah. something. But, I don't you, but know. you're not an addict, you know, which is thank yeah. God. But it's like just hearing that, I'm like, holy shit! It's like yeah, it's a totally different world. You know what I mean? It is, and then, totally. But the yeah. skateboarding is the one thing that, like, that was like your save, our savior yeah. for mm-hmm. everything. I did. I just talked about that. That's the common. That has been the commonality and the common theme in my life it, uh, ever. Uh, uh, skateboarding is. I always come back. It's never left. And right. now never let you down. Right. It's like never, your best friend, dude. never. Yeah, was, even just me. Skateboarding raised me. Yeah, just me and my skateboard, like trying to do a trick all day long, all by myself in a yeah. fucking parking lot, it's just a, trying that all day. Like, just that was our it. thing. Yeah. Like, like, like he, people would call me gay in school and say that Toby Morris is going to take the <laughs> skateboard, it. take a skateboard to the prom, and let's make fun yeah. of me all the time. Oh yeah, I got made shit. fun of all the time. Like, why you don't you have a car? What is wrong? Why are you skating? I make fun of you now for having a car though. <laughs> it still goes but, on. But, but, you but, know? but, 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 but like living in Southern Maryland, there was no skaters in my town. We go to Crofton Skate Park. We go to All Skate in Waldorf, Maryland. Yeah, and I it was like a bunch there. of hicks and Confederate flags. I moved it from Newport. I was like a punk rock skater, and oh, I moved wow. to this town. And it was just like it was fucking crazy, man. Yeah. But like skateboarding was always there, man. It just dude, I, I think that kept me out of trouble. I always sense. talk about that that skateboarding did for me at a young age what drugs and alcohol did for me at a later age. Mm-hmm. You give me that skateboard at the age of seven and you put me in a room with the world's prettiest models, I'll not only believe that they've been waiting for me, but that they're dying to marry me. Mm. Right? Like yeah. that skateboarding provided me this sense of security, comfort, uh, that, that drugs and alcohol did later. Except yeah. the drugs and alcohol weren't real. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I wish I knew you back then. We fucking skated. I know. Fucking <laughs> I know, dude. Out. Fuck. Yeah. It's just the people. Like, we were right next to each other. Yeah, but just the people you end up hanging out with and you get around these people and it just... One person turns you on to one thing. Literally. Or even that guy from jail that met you after and you fucking gave her that shit when you got out of jail. It's like, fuck, man. It's, 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 
Yeah. It's just these, mo these small moments the that change everything, dude. Yeah, in life. But then now I'm on this whole spiritual journey, and, and, and I do interviews, and then they ask if I would take anything back, and there's only one thing that I regret, and that's... This the, is my question right now. It's my last question. Do you have any regrets? <laughs> that's, that's it. That's fate. Funny. Fate. Fate. Yeah. The only thing that I regret is is the pain and the sleepless nights that I caused my loved ones. Yeah. Right. I, besides that, I would not take back one thing I did in life mm. because I wouldn't be the man that I am today, the child mm -hmm. of God that I am. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That, that literally, you know, I, I live, I believe I've been chosen today to live to like help out my brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. which are God's children. Right. You know. And, I, and that was going to be my next question. Like, was spirituality something important in your family with your mother did she have a faith uh where you did you have to go to church or yeah. was this something that sure. developed over time like I, would, I would go catholic i got okay. my ccd Me i would too. i would go oh, to you like did. Okay. christmas on thank uh, christmas eve is church we did but that too no big but you weren't wasn't really pushed. okay um, and now today, I, I'm not into organized religion. Okay, I, I call myself a, a really spiritual. I'm, okay. I'm a yeah. spiritual right. man. Organized religion isn't my deal. But, but spirituality. I mean, developing this type of spirituality. Now, it's how everything. has it helped? That's what I was going to say. Like, I, has it helped you? You know, how important was it for your it's sobriety? It's right. everything. Okay, it is absolutely everything. It it everything. I, I don't take credit for anything that I've done. Mm -hmm. it, merely what right. I, I, this is all ugh, oh man, it's so powerful and, and it's not, I dumbed my way into it. All right. I did was I walked in here, I got <laughs> right. out of my way and I always say got today that, that nice. the God of right. my understanding brought me to AA and AA via the 12 steps has brought me back to the God of my understanding, which allowed gotcha. me to have a spiritual experience. Wow. And, and the definition of a spiritual experience is a psychic change. So I am nothing like the man that I was when I walked into treatment. Yeah. I, I, my thinking, my attitude, my behavior has completely changed. My perspective and perception of life is night and day. That's wonderful. You know, wow. that's, like that's I, incredible. I, 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 I've changed as a direct result of a spiritual experience. So yeah. God is everything to mm -hmm. me. And, yeah. and, and when I say God, it's not like this guy in, with a beard. And a, right. I don't know. I just know it's a power greater than me that did for me what I could never do for myself. Mm -hmm. No human power could ever lift me of the obsession or rid me of the desire to drink or drug. I've tried. Right. I moved all over the world, changed women, careers, home. Yeah. Nothing took that away from me. Until yeah. I had the spiritual experience. I, I mean, I love the fact yeah. that you said you got out of your, your That's way. own way. <laughs> your own that, way. I was dude, like, wow, that was really that rang true it. to me. You know, that really makes, you know, yeah. such a difference. Because it's know? him fighting himself the whole yeah. time. All exactly. The time. Desires, yeah, everything, that, that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of, the, one of my questions, too, and I know the answer, you're an optimist or pessimist. You seem so positive and so focused. And one of the main things in PMA, it's, it's what, the, what's, what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve and you had that goal from a such a young age to become a fucking pro skater like at fucking yeah. nine years old like yeah you everything you wanted to do you you i don't know just seems so focused i've adapted that into my daily life now right. and, and it's that my mentality will create my reality totally 100 percent. yeah you know that and that and today I say, and I mean it with conviction man is that sobriety has given me everything that drugs and alcohol ever promised me I've never been right. happier in my life, dude. Oh, that's yeah, I, and I lived the raddest life ever. Yeah, sober. Yeah, it's and it's crazy. And the funny thing is, the magic in all this is that my life was consumed by drugs and alcohol, twenty four seven. The getting, the using, the finding ways and means to get more. It just everything was kind of created around that narrative. Yeah. And today, my life is consumed around drugs and alcohol. But the only difference is, is I don't partake in them.
my books, my motivational speaking, yeah. my sobriety, my recovery house that I own, oh, the, the treatment center that I work for, my own sobriety, my yeah. documentary. Everything is revolved That's around true. drugs and alcohol. Right. And the only difference is, is I don't partake and now they pay me. It's fucking mm -hmm. amazing, man. Yeah. And I didn't do I didn't set out for this. Right, you're inspiring right. so many people to the book, everything, man. You're doing my you know get I mean? well job in the recovery house was I was washing dishes in Levittown, Pennsylvania for six dollars an hour under the table next to a fourteen year old boy named Brian. Wow. At thirty eight years old. Oh my God. Yeah. Try wow, and man. they I had heard people talk about humility and I it sounded good mm -hmm. until yeah. I experienced it. And now looking back, that is absolutely one of the, the core foundations for my sobriety today. Like, yeah. That taught me how to be, a, you know, a, a man of my word. Say what I mean, mean what I say. Fuck, man, I love that. On a lighter note, what was your favorite and best trick you could pull? And they could still pull now. Um, <laughs> my go-to's. I don't know. I don't know. Vert trick and street trick. Yeah, uh, uh, it's really just transition. Um, it uh, it's like uh, blunts, pivot to fakies. Like those are just the go tos. How about some old school bonuses? Uh, I was never. I skipped that era. How about laybacks? Uh, skip that era. I'm a, I'm a little. I'm a little younger I'm, I'm than old. that. I'm yeah, still yeah. You're, you're, you're dating you're yourself, old man. Old school. <laughs> no ham. No inverts. <laughs> no, no, but I was with Andy Roy yesterday okay. skating, and he was throwing oh, all that down. He's <laughs> he's sober. Picks? He is nose picks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got those. Yeah, I want to see footage of you skating and shit. That's Dude, fun. I have some. Uh, now I can have my filmers. Send I want to skate with you next time on the East Coast or something. One hundred percent. I love to. Um. This oh, relationship is just building. I man. love this. And like you're leaving tomorrow, but my wife works at the barracks. We're going to go skate tomorrow. I know. Tomorrow. I know. It's such a fun place. I um, will definitely hit that with you next time I'm out here. One of the posts, I mean, we'll end it like this, but you wrote some shit today. It was really It was awesome. It's not happiness that makes me thankful, but thankfulness that makes me happy. Yeah. I love that. Well, because here's the deal, man. I Now that like I'm in a much different position and place that I was when I walked in. Yeah. Where I was real grateful for a bed to sleep in, a shower to jump in, uh, a, f a refrigerator to open. Now, I, I, in the beginning, no one expected or wanted anything more out of me than to just stay sober. And no one really believed I could do that. But now, you know, I'm a productive member of society, tax-paying member of society, yeah. I'm a, a business owner. People rely and depend on me, and, and I'm consumed. And it's very easy for me to get consumed in, in, in money, property, prestige, and, and think that these artificial, mm -hmm. you know, achievements will bring this internal fulfillment that I'm like yearning for right, yeah right and 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 it's just it's it's just such slight wordplay like mm -hmm. like i don't have to do this i get to do this yeah rejection is god's protection right like uh, things don't happen to me they happen for me it's just gotcha. uh, because my disease today is centered in perception mm -hmm. yeah right that's my biggest problem is how right. am i looking at it and so i have to say and continue to remind myself of things like that on a daily basis because the the longer i'm sober the more things that i obtain and and and, and, yeah. and life gets better and is it a constant struggle every day still not not as as far as what like staying sober like, yeah, or like just like thinking about it or wanting to do it or no no okay. and i haven't really i haven't had the desire to to drink or drug once amazing and, and again it's because of my pain yeah right. my pain became my purpose i was willing yeah. to do whatever you suggested i took me out of the i always say today that it works when i don't work it yeah right when i can take my brain out right and just yeah. like yeah. bring my because i had to change my behaviors in order to change my beliefs 
Gotcha. If I could have outthought myself out of addiction, I would have done it on my own and not have been in a 12-step program. Yeah. My behavior. And ultimately, that was my problem. The drugs and the alcohol were not my problem. Right. They were the solution to my problem. My yeah. problem is my thinking, my attitude, yeah. my behavior. So I had to do it backwards. I had to change my behaviors. I had to start showing up for work 15 minutes early, staying 15 minutes late, you yeah. know, paying my rent $165 a week at my recovery house on time, Yeah. you know, opening up my bank account, washing my clothes, making my bed i changed my behaviors yeah. and then my beliefs followed it's amazing man. you know yeah it's it's and you have a fiance now no i'm single now okay that's that's my whole my troubled zone okay have yeah. you went back you have to go back and make amends and I did, talk to yeah. people all different relationships and totally that was wow. one of my favorite steps yeah and, sure and, and wow i've I, I made a lot i still can i had to make an amends the other day in uh carlsbad a, a guy showed up to breakfast that was a filmer for us on tour and I made his life like hell. Damn. And I, and I said like, I'm sorry, man, you, you didn't deserve for me to treat you that way. Yeah. And like, you know, and, and he's and never mind. He's like, dude, it's cool. Man. And I'm, you know, yeah, but you, you think about that and you see I, him. Yeah. It's and, like, and doing those things, my, my sobriety relies upon that. Yeah. It's, it, 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 I honestly, it really doesn't have anything to do with them. Yeah. It's about me, uh, making my wrongs right and keeping my side of the street clean. Totally. Do you want to get married and have kids someday? And like, I love the, I love the the thought of that. Yeah, I do. I think if I'm, you know, uh, positioned with the person that seems like that would make a lot of sense, bring it on. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't. But see, I could also be justifying my bad behaviors with bullshit answers like that. You know what I mean? Because mm. like that's I'm really aware of like what I'm doing. Like I, yeah, and yeah, I don't know. Be, I don't know. So you know it, yourself so well. It's a, so exactly. Focused, so it's a work in progress. Yeah. Because I could do that to justify my bad behaviors. Mm. But what I've noticed is that because I've now like, uh, I, I have this conscious, um, that I'll be single before I hurt somebody and like do things and, and to that person that they yeah. don't deserve, like stepping out on relationships. Yeah. So like there's, it's working. Yeah, it's it's a process. I, I think you do deserve a good woman. I think you you be a, you be a good. Uh, I'd love to good hubby and dad. You've been through a lot of crazy roller coaster of a life, man. Well, that's what's crazy. Prior to my sobriety, I always had a woman. Always, mm -hmm. it was almost like a, a lifeline and necessity because yeah. like I never got a woman like me because two of me we go to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> yeah. I had enough sense, so I get like a yeah. nice woman, right. and uh, she kind of helped keep the house in order. Um, but as fate would have it, I got sober and, and I haven't had a woman in sober. I mean, I have here and there, yeah, but yeah. like I've been alone most of it. But you're working on yourself as well. And, and that's the thing because I finally actually love myself and I can stand myself and I'm okay with myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've that's learned the most important thing, man. that I'm not going to, I'm not going to lower my standards without sounding egotistical. Like I'm yeah. not going to settle for right. just because. Yeah. Like I, I, my time is too valuable and it's, 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 it's an asset of mine. And you know, you're worth just everything. Yeah. It's fucking... Any more questions, Derek? Uh, are there any triggers that you certain That's a great things one. you stay away from? You know that you know, like you know what, this is not a good idea for me. That's a really like good to, one. Um, you know, prior to sobriety, they they were very keen with triggers. Yeah, and 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 my disease of addiction, my triggers look like when my eyelids open, right? Like I can justify why any time, place, feeling, or sensation makes sense to get high over. 
Yeah. Right? Like, it, it's 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 a beautiful day in California. Let's go smoke crack. <laughs> it's 80 right. degrees. Yeah. Right. It's right. a snowstorm in the blizzard. Let's go get high. Like, yeah. wow. like that's yeah. just how my brain was wired. Um, but because I bought into the concept, I've done the work, I've had that spiritual experience, to put it in perspective, and not that I'm above or immune okay. to it. Uh -huh. yeah. I have a healthy respect, but like because I'm in firm, fit, spiritual condition, I, I do the same few things every day in my sobriety. I, I went and celebrated four years of sobriety in Amsterdam. Okay. Wow. Most people don't go to Amsterdam right. to celebrate yeah. sobriety. I, I went there to a 12-step meeting and picked up my coin. It's beautiful. Like, but I also recognize that if you continue to go to the barbershop, you'll get a haircut. Right. Yeah, so like right, I don't right. I don't hang and like do <laughs> right, that, but, right. but yeah. I'm a free man. Okay. Um yeah. and I'm aware of my surroundings and, and I'm aware of like when things aren't cool. I'm sure you don't you don't only hang out with sober people. You have a diverse group of friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, me, I mean, yeah, me too. It, yeah. It's it's a fifty fifty split. Yeah. Four, probably sixty maybe seventy thirty, thirty. Okay. Depending on where I'm at and what I'm doing. Yeah. On this skate trip and, and, and this, like it's I'm it's me and maybe one or two other and dudes. You're like the older guy now, the OG. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. cool, man. Yeah. And the coolest thing is, if I don't, if I'm not down with something, I just like go my own way. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I can easily get a car, or a Uber, and yeah. go yeah. get a hotel room. Like yeah. I don't need to like, right. like, I, yeah. You know, it's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, man. absolutely. It's well, freedom in that, man. Yeah. Self-sufficient. Because I yes, I had lived in, in I had lived in a self-induced prison, man, that consisted of a four block radius that cost me ten dollars to get a to get out of one bag at a time for a lot of years. Yeah. You know, I, I was in bondage. Yeah. Yeah. And and now it's it's nice to like I, I can I, I'm good, man. Yeah. I'm good. Has have you have you learned anything different about yourself during this pandemic or anything or no? Um I've just relied on my spirituality even more. Yeah. You know, I, I choose to see this, right? Perception is everything to me. I choose to see this horrible state of affairs that we're in as us simply being divinely inconvenienced. I believe a lot of good will come from this. Yeah. I don't know what yet. I didn't mm -hmm. know what. That's then. a PMA though. That's a PMA though. Yeah. Yeah, I, man. I, <laughs> yeah, I see the good and shit is going to happen. It you know is. I mean? It's. The tunnel is getting brighter right now. I'm seeing it this year so far. For dude, sure. I, I've noticed a lot of people like put down their phones. They like talk to each other. Mm -hmm. They they buy RVs. They're going on trips. Yeah, they're like too. camping. They're putting puzzles together as a family. Yeah, we do puzzles. Yeah. Model cars. Mm -hmm. Those old model cars are coming. You know? My kids are starting skating, riding bikes, going yeah, outside, I, all I, that shit. It's you true. Know, I, I've noticed a lot of that. I think that's true. I mean, a lot more people get outside and doing things with their families, getting closer. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, Absolutely. It's put me in a position to get real familiar with my higher power. I love that. Know? And your workout game is insane. That dude. too. <laughs> you see some videos in workout, you go hard. Where is that? Just like in your in your basement or something? My, well, they closed the gyms down. Okay, yeah. So my, buddy, my trainer guy, he just made his own DIY gym. That's a daily ritual for you for sure. And I'm sure Four days a week. Get yeah. the stress, get everything dude, out of your body, It's man. so fundamental, man. Cause were you were you more were you a fitness guy before all this or no? No, no. You're I just continue to evolve. Right? Yeah, I, yeah, I quit smoking two years ago. No nicotine. Nice. You know, oddly enough, I got really good at quitting things, which is not <laughs> in my repertoire. Yeah. Smoking is probably the last thing, probably right. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm like eating better. I haven't bought into like full blown vegan, but I've cut out all red meats, Sick, uh, only man. chicken, cut out milk. Uh, I try to stay away from processed foods as much as possible. Right. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm making a conscious effort. I love to, that, man. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately what's happened now is, is now I've been sober long enough to be blessed with this life that I find so much more appealing than I do a drink or a drug. 
So right. the scales of justice yeah. have like now it's, it's not even. Right. I love this. I love this so much more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. dude, what? That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. your workout games. Yeah, I love it, man. I yeah, love life. Man. Great shape, everything. You look great. You look healthy. You look- I, I feel it, man. I, yeah. My my internal finally matches my external. I love that. It was always backwards for a lot of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're so connected, spiritually and everything to yourself, and it's just it's awesome, man. You I'm can feel your for- energy. You know what I mean. I'm grateful, man. Yeah, man. Um, and it's just not that heavy. I've learned that, man. You know, my trials and tribulations before I get so caught up on, uh, dude, it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all right. Yeah. It's cool. The universe has a way of working things out. I agree. Derek, anything you want to say? I, I think that's it for me. It's, I want to thank you so yeah. much because it's the first time meeting you. I'm sure yeah. we crossed paths before. We have. Same communities of people. We met through the... Since that's the one thing about social media connects people and it's and now you're here in real life and it's fucking awesome i appreciate your time i'm looking forward to like skating with you in the future yeah. being friends in real Dude, life this is this is beautiful this is beautiful i feel like we've known each other for a long yeah. time <laughs> and i do i appreciate you being here man and i'm excited to see you, what's next for you you know thank you i'm so excited and i have a, a friend journey. in baltimore who's like a major fan of you guys and he awesome. tries around and shoots punk bands and he shot you guys oh shit awesome he's gonna be really upset that i didn't because he had these photos for me to bring out to you oh and, shit and I, you can send them to me whatever yeah, yeah. I, I will but yeah awesome so. man well thank you thank people, you guys people, people can just find you under your name right on social media yeah you just go anything else if you want to just go to my one website that takes you to everything else it's all one word brandonnovak.com all one word yeah. connects to everything right yep I'm looking forward to I want to I need I mean I know you don't want to do audiobook I'm, I'm a shitty reader but I think your voice and audiobook would be so sick a documentary for sure man for yeah sure dude and also one thing it's I like to do story. is uh, I give out my number for anybody out there who's struggling uh, and, and they found themselves in a position that they can't get out of on their own as a direct result of drugs or alcohol and, and this is my number and please call me it's 610-635-9092 um, I'm, I'll do the best that I can to answer I'm only human if I don't my team will but we'll work together to get you the answers that you need and deserve I nice. fucking love that man nice. love that man yeah save that number people use that number please 610-635-9092 alright everybody thank you all for listening and I uh, appreciate you both for being here Derek yeah, you're wonderful you, once again uh, thanks, contributions to this conversation <laughs> your amazing voice your presence is everything I appreciate you being yeah, here thanks for well. having me again Thank you. Love it. Love being here. Thank you all for listening, everybody. Take care. Bye. Love you. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, Please rate, review, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to the next one.